Good evening. This is the Holo Table News Network's inaugural episode of a brand new show we are calling Under the Holo Table. The Holo Table News Network's alternative programming covering in-depth analysis, mods, tips, and the hottest topics from the outer rim. Your host for this inaugural episode are Celiac Sarah. Hey. Pico Burrito. Hi there. And myself, Voxen. Uh, I'm so excited to be together with you guys. I think this is just kind of a dream team to get to put something together with the both of you. Uh, Pico, especially, I think uh, we have a little bit of different approaches to the game, and I think that's going to create a really great dynamic for this show. Uh, we'll probably butt heads here and there, which is great. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm perfect. Personally, I'm a person who really likes to be corrected. That's uh, how I feel like I learn. I don't really think I have everything right, but I like to get everything right. And uh, from what I know, you uh, are a person who likes to correct. So uh, I think that dynamic will work out pretty well. I, I wouldn't say I'm someone who likes to correct. I think uh, professionally, I spend a lot of time doing back and forth with people. I, I, maybe I'll, I'll categorize it that way. And my wife now just recently just woke up to actually agree with you and then fall right back asleep was with that <laughs> statement. So I have to keep that line in my back pocket for future use for anything. You just like to correct. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm pumped. Yeah, so I'm I just really excited. So hopefully we'll get together um, more as we um, do this show. Um, so just a little bit to cover what we what this show is and how it came about. Um, you know, we uh, I kind of was we've all in this community for H&N been wanting more content and particularly weekly content. And, you know, the H&N, it's a network. And so I thought, you know, as a network, we should have multiple shows under the network, you know, <laughs> we're going to do a free Tatooine, you know, um, a, a, their popular network. They had several shows underneath their umbrella. And so um, I really just wanted to take up the mantle and uh, I, basically introduced an idea to Sarah to see if I get approval for mm-hmm. uh, doing a new show here. And uh, basically we were both of the like mind and said, you know, that's a great idea. We both want more content for HNN. Mm-hmm. And uh, so really this show under the holo table is going to be more of a companion show. It's going to complement the main program for the HNN Networks um, show with you and Sergi. And um, we will not cover the same topics. We will not be news driven. Um, and really, I think there are so many shows that cover the meta, that cover kit, um, kit reads, that cover the news that's coming out with the game. I really want, um, a sh- I wanted a show that um, wasn't dependent on any of those things. I wanted something that could just go in depth with with any content that was just of interest to the community, um, you know, really just get more in depth with the minutia of the game, you know, uh, take a look under the hood, so to speak. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll have um, a lot of other similar segments, but maybe with a twist. Um, and we have a lot of different segment ideas that we will implement. And um, as the show grows, yeah, we'll be introducing a lot of new segments and, you um, yeah, yeah. So we'll be uh, just going from there. Mm-hmm. Can I, I would just want to jump off of that because I have had the thought rumbling in my brain to do content like this that isn't necessarily news driven, but dives deeper into a topic. 
since I had Pico on when we talked about territory battles, um, especially because I had a ton of people, including you, Vox, and you even said to do more. I remember this in our Discord server. You said to do more of that content and tons of people were messaging me saying, you need to do more um, like that. So it just worked. I think when you had messaged me the idea that night about under the hollow table, you just had hit send faster than me. <laughs> Cause I was also like, okay, I'm gonna, this is happening. <laughs> so this is, this is good business. That's absolutely great. Yeah. And so we're going to go really in depth. I mean, in the future, you know, I'd like to get more uh, interviews with people, bring other in other content creators. I mean, really it's just, uh, limitless opportunities, you know, um, for this show and things that we can research and get into and um, talk about. So um, yeah, I'm just really excited for the future of this show. And here we are starting on ground zero, you know, with uh, level one. So <laughs> I'm going to give you a little rundown of what we're going to do with today's show. Um, so today's show, we will be covering uh, the Grand Ivory's Mod Optimizer, uh, Beskar Mando, uh, some tips and some other additional topics. So our very first segment we are calling Master Codebreaker. Now, this is where we are going to go in depth into a different topic every episode. And for this inaugural episode, we are going to dive into everyone's favorite topic, mods. And in particular, we wanted to take a look at the Grand Ivory Mod Optimizer. Now, I, to prepare for this episode, decided to remod my roster mm -hmm. and I have neglected my roster for about a year because I haven't necessarily had to do any PVP content. And this mod took me, remod took me about 10 hours. And so I learned a lot. Uh, and um, I really, when I started this out, what I wanted to do was I wanted to be able to see like, can I just recommend to the community, you go to Grand Ivory, you click load up my roster and you click optimize my mods to click two buttons. What's it going to give me and make those changes. So I started out with that. I probably had over like 400, 500 mods to move and I started moving them and it took me about half a day, three, four hours. And Ooh. I got about halfway through. So um, when I came back um, to starting uh, to the second time to pick up where I left off, um, I basically decided, oh, I want to try and like do it on my laptop because I started on my desktop and like, oh, let me just oh, like no. get comfortable because I know I got to <laughs> like get settled in. Oh, and no. So, but basically in order to do that, I had to start over. Right? I mean, I basically yeah. had to say optimize again. And when any one character moves in that list, it re-optimizes every single person below mm -hmm. it. So I was looking, when I got down to sit on my laptop, I was looking at like 400 mods to move again. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was late at night and it almost made me want to cry. This is hurting my brain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. no. I, so, I will say I feel yeah. partly responsible because I should have warned you that you have to start and finish. Yes. Yes. So that, sorry. that is my 
first tip with using Grand Ivory, um, you will have to move your mods manually. And this can be up to over 400 mods. And so you need to make sure that you're setting aside enough time to be able to do it in one sitting. It is very difficult to start and come back. Now, I do think that Grand Ivory has an option for you to be able to like export your progress and save your progress and like be able to reload your progress. Um, I'm Pico, do you have any experience with that? Yeah, I, I, I was laughing and we're gonna get this out right away. So for those that haven't used the tool set, clearing the cache on your web browser is probably the most soul crushing event that happens because that erases everything that you've done there as well. Ooh. So what I typically do is anytime I do a large refresh, I export and save. And what that does is that gives you just a little file on your computer that you can then upload it at a later date. Yep. And I highly suggest doing that because again, that all of that work that you put it in, it's not necessarily always just tuning the mods, but it's to your point, getting everyone in the correct order that, that you wanted to have them in. Just moving character A to care, you know, from slot one to slot two, that changes everything up. So that's the first piece. The second, and I don't know if you saw this, on the left-hand side, there is a slider that basically says only change if over a certain percentage. When I'm working on a remod of my roster, I will take a pass at that. And then I will slide that slider over to 50%. It's got to be a phenomenally great mod for it to start changing something in the order. In fact, you can move a character 30 or 40 slots up and it's pro probably not going to make a change in that. It allows you a little bit of flexibility instead of it going through and redoing everything. And I'll talk a little bit later on kind of how I go about ongoing maintenance of that list. But, but I think those are the first two pieces that, that I would recommend from that side. When, when you save that, that file, so it saves um, like the order that you put your tunes in on yes. the list? Okay. It, it saves the order as, as well as the mod profile that you assign to those characters. Mm -hmm. um, so if you want, you know, if you set something with a specific speed target or maybe, a, you know, I, you want you, you move some of the sliders, whatever those custom values are, it's saved in that file so that you can go back and reference it at a later point. I assume there was something about that save file that was acknowledging, like, as you, as you go along, you click that I have assigned these mods, but mm -hmm. then, you know, if I'm, so I exported that file a couple of times. I mean, essentially when I restarted over, I thought, oh, this is untenable. And so I went and I played around with kind of exporting that file, but um, there, there's a couple extraneous circumstances that kept me from basically reloading that up into my laptop. Yeah. And um, so I assumed that in that file though, was basically something that was also showing the level at which I had not, you know, left my place and had not. Correct. Correct. I, I didn't pop it open. I just said here, yeah, I need to do this better. And, and the other piece as well. And, and especially because with the change that they now give you unlimited, um, you can, you can actually pull your mods unlimited. It, it used to be, you could do it once an hour to pull a list of your mods then it would use for recalculation. You can move 30, and then resync, and what ends up happening is, is well, you you know, you click the I reassigned all of them. Well, it actually sees those mods in the correct location, so it doesn't even care whether you've moved them or not. It's just, it's essentially, it's accurate as far as the mod optimizer is. So it kind of clears all of those other ones out. So what you could do is maybe I, I move, and, and it, you know, I, I build it in terms of I put teams together. I kind of do it in, in blocks of five. So I might do two teams. And then I'll requery just to make sure everything is correct because I've also had cases where uh, I thought I moved, you know, the mod from character A to character B, and it turned out I put it in the wrong place, and now everything is offset by one, 
Um, so I would typically run that query every, you know, every 10 or 15 characters just to make sure that I was still working kind of with, with accurate data. Yeah, that's really perfect. My big problem that I had when I decided to start over was I had my arena team in, and my arena team was, because when you uh, pull the list, it puts automatically sets your arena team at the very top. And uh, which actually works great. It's very convenient if you are yeah. just clicking the create a list for yep. my characters. But I had in the last battle I did was against the Bastila JML comp. So yep. I had Han in my lineup. And basically what I did was I was like, well, Han isn't in my arena team. So I need to pull him out. And I pulled him out. And I just kind of put him where I thought he needed to go in the roster. But then when... I started a second time it had my actual arena team in and so it optimized him in a different yeah. spot and just like you were saying just completely different all the way down that's why i had such a big list um after that and really it did a much better job it put han in a higher place than i had him which was much better uh quite frankly and so um that worked out but it was just so hard because when i first started i couldn't there was no way for me to tell it hey han is not here you yeah. know i'm just clicking the optimize and so i did kind of figure out how to get around that but you know it was really a blessing in disguise getting to that point where i the this process made me want to cry because <laughs> it really made me <laughs> realize that like i have to start over i have to like do this properly like I, I i so that's the thing like i can't recommend really that anyone just click the two buttons and go ahead i do think it takes a little bit more work but uh hopefully with this episode what we're going to do is outline you know the quick and easy steps you can do to make it um a painless experience um so my tip two was um, make sure that you have everything in place before starting. So make sure that you, because once you hit that optimize or once you create that list, just like you said, anytime you make a small change, it's going to change everything in that list. And you don't have to start over, but it's going to make differences and it's going to make it a lot harder for yourself. So, you know, make sure all of your mods that you want to place on characters are be optimized are on characters so just any you know just throw it even on that gear eight tune you have that 12 speed you know mod somewhere and so that grand ivory can see it and it will use it um and then for me in particular like i have my set loadouts that i have created like for my arena loadouts and so i wanted to make sure you know make sure that those are on the tunes that you want them on so that you can like lock them. Cause for me, like I didn't want to lose the structure of my arena mods. And so if I just did that list and I didn't lock them away or have a way to control it, the optimum was just going to break them all up. Right. And what's really important for me is maintaining those arena mods because if you let the optimizer separate them, then like, let's say you're doing a crank or run and you throw that arena set somewhere but it's been broken up into six different tunes now when you are done and want to put those back you have to put that back across six tunes yeah. it's just so much work and so uh, for me in particular it's so much better just to the sense that you've really cultivated put them on a tune that's important to you and um you know the fives um 
GK and JKA, like I run a, a negotiator fleet are like great kind of placeholders um, because they'll need the six dot mods, you know, and so, uh, and so it really worked out to throw those on them and then you can lock those sets. And so then Grand Ivory knows like, oh, I need to ignore that. Yep. So um, that was just make sure you kind of do some of the little things that you need to do before you even optimize, before you create a set, uh, before you pull your list. Um, my third tip here is, you know, the locking button is your friend. Like I use that locking button all the time. Like it will get you out of a jam. If something starts to optimize crazy, you kind of like lose um, your progress or something starts shuffling. You can go and like lock what's on and it won't try to optimize that tune. And you can kind of maintain um, where you're going um, from the way down. So uh, now I just kind of wanted to really share my process when I started over properly. And <laughs> so was this, this was the third time you started. So this was the third time I started. Yeah. Cause I really did realize I can't just wing it. You know, I really need to just do a little bit of prep, prep work. And quite frankly, it was really quick. It, uh, so, and Pico, this was your tip as well. Make a list. It's like yeah. the best yeah. first thing you can do is just to, you know, get in there. Um, and for me, what I did was I created a list of first it was just my arena team and I loaded my arena mods on them and then I locked them away. So they weren't even going to be optimized. I didn't even need to deal with the optimizer or anything at all. And then, um, I also threw, like I said, a couple tunes um, on like, so Ray, who's not my arena team, but I put my fastest health mod set on Ray and then just locked her up. So she was holding on to that. And then I put my fastest offense mod set on JKA and locked him away. So he was just kind of holding on to that. And that was all set. Um, and then from my list, I did basically what you were advising, Pico. I mean, I just made a list of my teams. I think yeah. um, it's so important for you because the optimizer doesn't, well, it's going to say like, here's whatever, and not even in any particular order of teams, just here's a list of what it deems are important tunes. Now, for me, I have mentioned, I don't have a relic DR or Malik. So they don't need to be high on my list. I'm not using them for a mirror match. I'm not using them for any high level meta counters. They're like a best, a grievous counter for me. So they don't need, you know, crazy modding or anything. They just need a, to be sufficient enough to get, you know, a, a punch up done. So, you know, for me, it was really helpful. I made my list of like all of my, I just made a list of all my teams and then I went back and ranked them. So then I could kind of see like, these are the teams that are important to me in descending order. And then the last thing I did was I made just a small list of just individual tunes that I wanted to be fast. And there's just the blazing speed um, tunes for, uh, for speed mods. And then my step one was I just loaded up those eight tunes that I wanted to mod for speed. So this was basically- So you did those- you did those first? I did those first and I just yeah. do it in chunks. And again, this is uh, Pico, you kind of touched already on like so many things that I had, um, you know, for advice, which is, yeah, like do it in small groups, you know, find these chunks. And so for me, like just, I did, you know, 
my arena chunk and I set that aside and locked it so it wouldn't be a factor. And then the first chunk I did for optimization was these speed mods. So I like loaded in Thrawn, Hoda, Rex, BB-8, Stark, Bastila Sean Fallen, um, and a couple others and just said, let's optimize them with the best stuff that I have everything the whole roster of mods is available to the optimizer besides what's on my arena team and let's just um set speed as the most important thing and toss them on and so then i just did that group um on down and then i went and locked all of those people up and again now they are set aside and all done and so then from there i just had my list of my priority teams and so for my list um, which I can even share with, I mean, everyone will have kind of a different list. Yeah. yeah. I think kind of even helpful to see a list. So you just kind of can see what it might look like, or, you know, what you can do when forming your own list. So for me, like my top team was my Jedi Knight Revan team, uh, with Bastila and GMY and Jolie. And then I have like shock clones, CLS, Palp Vader, cause I might run, you know, uh, uh not that I have any experience with it, but Ideally, I'd like to run a Vader um, counter on Ray. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I wanted good mods there. Actually, Vader was a person that I specifically modded and locked um, early because he needs just such a specific modding with premium, crit chance, crit damage, potency, and such as a delicate balance of crit chance and all of these things on him. Um, and then just like Padme, and I'm not going to keep reading down, but you can just kind of get the gist of uh, the different teams and their importance. And then, you know, the eighth team on my list was Darth Revan you know that's way down right like a person but that's perfect for me and so then yeah basically what I was able to do is I just loaded in each team uh actually I loaded my full list but just each team so it was just basically my JKR a block and then underneath that block was my right okay block and then underneath that and then I just basically said optimize and just went through one by one on down the list. And it was really interesting, um, you know, seeing some of the choices that Grand Ivory made. Um, It in particular really likes to apply like crit chance and crit damage in so many cases, crit chance and crit damage. Um, And for me in particular, you know, speed is ultimate. So I've cultivated way more speed mods and speed sets than I have crit chance and crit damage. Now, don't get me wrong. We all know how important crit chance and crit damage sets are, but to have a level of depth of those mods that GI wants (laughs) is a little bit much. Right. Well, and and the other thing you have to keep in mind is, is when you look at where they came up with a lot of their their mod recommendations were from the old Crouching Rancor site, which I, I don't know if it still exists. So it does. Again, I believe it's pulling from yeah, Crouching Rancor. Yeah. Three, three years ago, before we got into Relics, crit chance, crit damage was so much more uh, preferred over offense mm-hmm. that, you know, I, I, I think that that's part of why those, those weighting systems are in place the way that they are. As we've seen, and you'll see this if you actually kind of look through trends of, of more recent characters or, or more recently part of the meta, 
there's been this shift towards physical damage in a lot of those cases. We've seen as we get into relics, there's more of a push towards actual raw damage numbers that, that comes along with that from an offense perspective. So like I'm, I'm constantly getting asked for offense mods that that's what it, it wants to feed offense mods into everything from that perspective. And, and it's, it's interesting kind of watching just trending is, is how that's happened across the, the roster from that, that perspective. So. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, I, but I mean, I've just cultivated so many speed mods and speed sets and stuff. And a lot of times for me, you know, like even that attacker or that person who needs that high damage, you know, I'm still using a speed set on them. I'm just have a ton of crit damage primaries and offense primaries. I mean, I've worked so hard to basically create sets for every tune using speed sets, but that have the high speed secondaries and the primaries that they need to make them functional. And yeah, GI was not prioritizing yeah. <laughs> that in any way, um, which was just really interesting. But I will say it, does, it did, one thing that it did great was tunes that didn't need to be fast, you know, which I didn't even realize in many cases, you know, I just think speed is king. Everyone needs to be fast. I need every tune to be loaded with as much speed as possible, but you know, it really optimized mods for like arc echo yeah. Yeah. or like red lobster to be like really slow. <laughs> but their damage yeah. numbers are off the charts. Yeah. You know, these are on teams that, you know, even I didn't necessarily realize that like, they are getting speed from other places. So they don't necessarily need it in their kit. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I will say I really appreciated uh, a lot of the optimization there. Mm -hmm. I think um, like that's an important factor too. what you guys were saying is like you have you have Vox in all of these speed sets you've cultivated and and Pico, you've got a lot of like offense sets or. Like for me, I have no crit damage mods. I completely skipped that farm. I did not work on my Javas. Yeah. Like you, you can tell me you want crit damage all you want, Grand Ivory. You're not getting it out of me. <laughs> it's what not a callback though to the Jawas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I, literally you had to farm and you had to farm Jawas, Jawas to be able to farm crit damage. Yeah, I, I ran. Uh, you know, early I was running the bigs and wedge meta and so they both needed crit damage sets so i mean yeah. i went so hard on crit damage crit chance sets early on in the game so there, there's actually some of my best like my best mod is a crit damage 27 speed you know i mean i just some of my best ones are that because i went so hard on them early a lot a lot of my mods this goes to show you if we are doing compare contrast between the yeah. three of us <laughs> a lot of my mods are those freebie health ones we get from, yeah, oh yeah. from all those events and i'm like all right you're getting a health set too you you're all getting health sets yeah, that's yeah. what i've got to you get a health set you get a health set <laughs> but that totally goes like with what you were saying like it's very um roster dependent not only on what you have in terms of mod inventory but like what you want to focus on like you said darth revan was your eighth team Darth Revan was way higher on my list yeah. because I yeah. use them a lot. Normal people have <laughs> I mean, normal people don't take their BBA to R8 either, but yeah. I guess we all have our niche. Yeah. Uh, what what's been cool is and you know, I, I have to acknowledge I use hot utils in, in conjunction mm -hmm. with Grand Ivory. So uh, some of the process of moving the mods is simplified from that that direction. Uh, and we won't get into the, the hot utils piece of this, but, you know, I, I have been a Grand Ivory user 
for a couple of years at this point. It's been, I've been using it for, for a long time and it's been great listening to all of these people that over the past couple of months or past really six, you know, for what, four weeks yeah. uh, have gotten into this tool set because it got a lot of, you know, word in the, in the community. Uh, but as I'm listening to the two of you that you haven't learned to trust the algorithm and not that they're using an algorithm on it, but, but there's, you still want to have a lot of level of manual control. And I did as well. And, and what I'm finding over time is, is I, I trust the results that are coming back most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vox into what you said, I, I will pay attention in particular to probably the top 10 characters on my list. And, and the example that I use there is back in the Revan meta. Um, I, it was impossible for me to get a Revan fast enough to outspeed the, the two or three teams I needed to beat to get into the top five. So I, I moved to a, uh, I could outspeed everyone with uh, Basil Sean Fallen. So the idea there was they were going to go first, but I was going to go second and I, I could use that to lock them down. And in that case, I had to create a custom mod set to get what I needed because it wanted to prioritize potency in the, in the numbers drop down. But I pretty much trust what's in place. And that's where, you know, we, we were talking over the weekend around this, my arc echo and fives, the speed on those three characters are less than 150 combined, but understand they hit like trucks because yeah. there are all these other ways that echo assists on everything that I have Shakti calls for assists in some of those cases. And, and, and it's, it's great when you start to look at having to look at it and say, it's not wrong. Why, why is it giving me the result that it is? And then you go and you start looking at it and you realize like, oh, well, I guess I never thought about it in this terms. And it's actually helped me work with those teams better understanding how they work and, and figuring out like, maybe I will use Shakti's basic here because she's going to give offense up to everyone because I know that all of these other things are going to kind of scale off of each other. And it's, it's been helpful from that, that standpoint, but uh, it, it takes some time getting used to uh a machine kicking back a recommendation that doesn't jibe with what our stomach says. Right. You know, and, and trying to, to work around some of the, those pieces. I think too, it is um, a little bit tougher for, for you, Voxen, because you have such, yeah such specific mod sets. Like I remember seeing your screenshots and I was like, I have no idea what this means. Like you, it, it's in wingdings yeah. to me. Like it doesn't make any sense. And, and for me, I've used Grand Ivory um, two different ways. So I've done it. I've done a full roster remod on it multiple times. And the first one, I did exactly what you guys said. I made a list, prioritized those squads, put it in an order, uh, brought the speed tunes up near the top. Um, and then the second time, I had it pull the list. And I just kind of reorganized a couple of tunes, but yeah. I didn't really organize it by teams. And I would definitely recommend not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like what it did. <laughs> I'm not saying it optimized them wrong, but like just pulled them in that list. And, and what it did, um, I think what it does by default, and correct me if I'm wrong, when you pull the list, it, it pulls your arena team at the top. And then it just pulls an order of your power for those tunes. Okay. I think. And the only reason why I think that is because it was pulling tunes that I have relic 
and I have them relics for galactic legend requirements. Yeah. I don't use them because I don't have the team built like Mon Mothma. I don't have a rebel fighter team built. So I pulled her way, way down there. I was like, you don't need the best mods because I don't use you. Yep. <laughs> so um, I think that's what it does. I am curious and I want both of your opinions on this because you mentioned bringing like the speed tunes to the top and all that. How do you decide who is the most important out of that? Yeah. So here's how I build my list. I, I start with, and, and I'll, the concept of Grand Ivory building a list was a feature that came in after I started using the tool. And yeah. honestly, it was two months ago that I actually learned it was there. So I, I <laughs> you know, the, 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 the Pico process was very much, or I, I had to build the list myself. So I came up with a system and I'm just not going to change the system at this point. So Conceptually the same thing. I put the arena at the top of the list. And then what I started gravitating towards is I call it arena, arena sub one, sub two, sub three, sub four, because, uh, and, and part of that was for transitions between like, as I was in the Revan meta, I was going to the gas meta, wasn't quite confident I could make that, that switch. So I needed to have it high on the list as part of that. And what that equates to for me today is, the four galactic legend teams that I run because they are the four best teams of the game. Then I pause my process and I insert fast tunes and who those fast tunes are, are characters that either need to go first or need to go very quickly or are going to be a turn meter start. So BB-8 is a perfect example of that. I need to be over 310 so I can get that 8% bump so I can be faster than the bounty hunters is back when, when that was kind of the counter that happened there. Thrawn goes into that list. Rex goes into that list. Um, Colonel Stark goes into that list because the troopers matter again and he needs to get that first turn off that so that he can go. So I need him north of some of the some of those speed levels. They're typically they're not great characters. What's funny about this is they're, yeah. they're all, you know, they're these, they're right. these six E characters, but I just need speed. And like, I, I moved Moff Gideon into that list recently and he's a good character, but I just need him to, to reduce everyone else's turn meter. Everyone else can be, the rest of that trip team can be way far down the list. I don't need them to be fast. The second the Moff Gideon resets turn meter from everyone, well, that, you know, the, the hundred speed bump, Death Trooper, well, he's going next because of the process. So part of it is, is understanding where I rank teams on the list. But if I can move, a, if I need to move a character up to get them running, that's kind of where that, that piece goes. And then as I work my way down, um, I, I've shared this before. I mean, I lose a lot of Grand Arena. Um, I, I do not attempt to get a hold. All right, I, I am, I'm going to get a full clear. That's all that I care about. So I put roughly 10 grand arena teams for offense. And that's going to include those, you know, those four galactic legends. And then I think, you know, my typical offense teams that I use, then I have another pause. And on my list, it literally calls pause to insert. There, there's a row in the spreadsheet. Those are characters that I need them to be higher up the list, but the team that they're typically carried on might be lower. Ezra is a great example of that. He becomes a filler in a lot of different game modes that you need to insert. And you just kind of need Ezra to hit hard. Um, I'm trying to think who else do I have in, in that, uh, in the pause button. No, oh, General Grievous, because I, I tend to keep my separatist team lower on the list because they're a defense team and I don't care. But I was noticing over time as more characters got added to the game above him, 
he was at 150 health, 150,000 health. And all of a sudden now he was at 120,000 when I remodded. So he's just up the list to maintain the stats that he needs to make things work. I use that with, with B1 and then I go my defense teams and then it's, it's garbage is, is really kind of what, what flows in after that point. So. <laughs> do okay. you, do either of you bother to put your gar- quote unquote garbage teams in the room? I do. You do? I did not. Yeah. You I did not. I removed everything that was like under, if I wasn't going to use it, I took it out of the list and it is unmodded. Right yeah. And, and that makes sense. So, so I do it because again, I use hot, hot utils and, and I, they're going to take care of that for me. Like that, that's kind of the way that I look at it. Uh, when I was manually modding everything, no, there, there's a certain point. Like when it got to, when I saw Zam Wessel on the list, it was done. Like I, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't carrying Zam, anything I love there. Her. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, there's a certain point where, where it doesn't make sense. And I, I think where a lot of that, that comes into box into what you're saying is I always got very anxious when I was doing it manually because I always seem to want to start this like the day before territory wars, which means if the mods aren't set, you know, you're not carrying that forward into the other side. So I felt like I was rushing through, through to that, that point. Um, and then kind of what I do for ongoing list maintenance is as soon as I'm done building out the roster, I change the threshold to change. I change it to 15%. That that's kind of, that is my steady state. If I get a mod and I think it's a good mod, I'll put it on one of those garbage characters. Then I would rerun the optimizer. And if it pops up on the list, Yep, I'll find time in the weekend to go through and re and, and rebuild everything. Because if I have a mod that's going to really jump up, that's fifteen percent better than those teams that I care about. Well, that's worth the time. And I uh. would probably do that maybe once a week, and then once a month, usually the first weekend of every month, I would go in and I would drop that down to zero. I might insert a new character if you know if we had a new character release that we wanted, and then I would run the optimizer and I would go through the whole process. So I would try and essentially do a remod once a month, and then I would do maintenance about once a week. Yeah, to jump in here on a bunch of stuff you guys are saying, yeah, for me, I mean, it's just such a control freak with my mods starting <laughs> this whole process that I really did yeah. felt, feel like, you know, no optimizer could do as good of a job mm-hmm. on mods as I was doing. And so, but that was, you know, a year ago, so to speak. And that was before, you know, I had tunes like the Resistance Hero Bros. And, you know, even just going into this process, I had so many tunes that I, I just hadn't modded. Like I would throw arena mods when I needed them but they didn't have dedicated mod sets you know i mean my yeah resistance pros just were unmodded when I wasn't using them and that's untenable if you're trying to mod for GA or TW or things like mm-hmm. that and so you know this my my first attempt really was a litmus test to trusting the optimizer was to saying <laughs> I want to see what it produces and and then just like you're saying too it's like you can't just say like I wouldn't do it that way it's not good it's like you really do need to yeah. think why is it doing that and is that better than what you were doing? And in so many cases, it really was, you know, just letting it decide, seeing what came out, and then really just trusting what it was doing. And so I will say for about 90%, um, I do think that that was um, really, really helpful. I mean, it did a better job, um, you know, essentially in my 
idea of not optimizing a tune, yeah. you know, like, it, it, but really making that tune so much better. And especially like you were saying with those speed tunes, you know, when you put, when you really put the high level mod sets on the batteries, on the generators of the teams, you realize the rest of the support characters or the team that that character is supporting mm-hmm. don't need, you know, can yeah. get different aspects to really make the team better you know than really just looking at what does this individual tune need to be best you really realize like the composition becomes such a factor and that you know the optimizer is accounting for so many other things that um you know it's putting ahead that you might not realize in in the secondary piece of this also kind of one of the other pieces that fall out is is you'll start to look at what's a good mod differently and and, you know as an example when when i thought that i needed 120 speed on echo that meant i would look for an offense cross with 15 plus speed and a big offense number that's on on top of it well now that i'm starting to see that that's echo that's that's arc that's the chewbacca's because they assist on every attack you know it's it's i don't need speed I, i do damage elsewhere now if i get that you know, that, that circle with protection and I roll an offense per- percentage and I roll a North of a, of a 70 or 80 uh, offense number in five speed. I don't throw that away anymore because there are use for that on characters that slow mod with that hits hard. Mm-hmm. I know there's use for it. And, and, and I, you know, so much of this game is spent around hitting speed four times when, when you're looking at mods. And I, I think CG is secretly kind of starting to hit their their point that speed isn't the be all end all. It it absolutely matters. I, I need Rex to be fast on that team so that everyone else can be slow and they can hit. Mm-hmm. But it allows me some flexibility. And, and the other piece with that is, you know, if I used to carry a 110 speed on Chewbacca, and now I can drop that speed down to 60 because he's going to assist a lot. He's going to hit hard from that perspective. Those are great speed mods that end up on other characters. That starts to kind of have that exactly. waterfall casket cascade effect to, you know, that, that Revan team where it's eighth on your list, but now all of a sudden the mods are looking a lot better there because it's yeah. the waterfall has kind of gotten down to that point. Well, so much when I was going through, I was seeing, you know, like that tune that it's modding slow, but for offense, but then by the time you're getting to the end, you're seeing the big picture. Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden realizing like what it's doing. And I think when I'm like, when I was first just starting at the top of the list, I didn't quite realize it, but then when I was done and I really went back and looked at each team, uh, you know, once it was complete, I really had a good understanding for you know how much improved yeah. my roster was mm-hmm. um, I will say too that you know I think one of the deficiencies that I do still see with Grand Ivory is I think it still does optimize flat offense Can, are you uh, do you feel Ooh. that way or do you think yeah because the percent <laughs> offense there's been such since relics there's been such a major shift in the game to percent offense you know and percent protection and percent health sec- secondaries over the flats because you know is the numbers are just so much bigger and uh you know i don't think a lot of things have caught up to that change so, so like my list we're going to pause to insert some commentary here <laughs> 
<laughs> you are assuming that I am smart about mods. Why I started using Grand Ivory was because the the nuance of flat versus percentage and all these other pieces. I'm not smart enough to understand that. I, I'm smart enough to understand things go in, things come out, and interpret what comes out. But how, mm -hmm. like, yeah. Mm -hmm percentages are always better in my opinion. Like I, I'm, I'm the percentage is always right until you find out that's actually not the case. I, that's nuance that I'm not smart enough to figure out. So. Okay. Interesting. Uh, uh, I will say one of the other things I realized was uh, I'm lacking on offense sets. I have prioritized yeah. mm -hmm. six so many crit damage sets, speed sets, health sets, you know, for, you know, the tunes that need that boost in health um, that, yeah, it's like loading my Chewbacca's, you know, yeah. and my clones with heavy hitting offense and like there's not they're not six dot mods yeah. and yeah. so it's like i really need to you know start focusing on some uh, crosses you know and triangles yeah. um, with my offense sets um you know with some of those really important tunes that are going to hit hard um and then i did want to just jump in to continue a little bit um moving the conversation along, you know, as I was going down, you know, the list, you do have to kind of pause and evaluate what it's doing. So yeah. KRU are in particular is um, the default for KRU in Grand Ivory is to load him up as an attacker. It wants to put six dot crit chance, crit damage sets on him. Now, I, I don't know that I, maybe this is just my naivety that the majority of people in the game are using him as a tank and not as an you know, someone that needs crit chance, crit damage. Um, I mean, typically the modding I see best for him is with tenacity, defense, and a ton of health. You know, that's just the common knowledge of, you know, build a tank. And so it does the second option for him is a tank. And so you just kind of have to notice, you know, so even once you optimize and you get to KRU, um, you can basically click the change my selection button on the left of Grand Ivory. It will bring you back to the screen and you can click edit on the character and then, or even just choose the drop down in his case yep. um, and tell it to build him as a tank. Um, or, you know, you can click the edit button and it will basically give you a whole um, window of options that you can select. Like if you really say did want to like only choose a defense set to put on him you can like choose defense set yeah. and then it's only going to choose for those sets and so i found that really helpful and you just need to to be mindful of what it is putting on in very limited cases i mean one of the other cases that for me personally um was og kylo it made it, it was really saying like hey og kylo we want to be a heavy hitter too and so it was saying it put him super duper slow super slow and just like yeah. all offense mods which is great i'm sure if he's doing his aoe that will hit harder but again he's one of those generators he's one of those batteries for a team so i basically went into his and i did you know the edit and i said speed mods Whatever you yeah. put, whatever you optimize on him, I want speed sets on him. And so then it came back and it assigned speed sets for him. And it, his, you know, speed was drastically better, but it's still optimized, you know, some of him being able to hit decent, so to speak. Um, and so, you know, that was just like two cases I noticed where it just took a little bit of finesse, but that was really yeah. rare. It probably happened maybe eight or nine times total going down the whole list, but um, it was important to be mindful of those specific cases. The, the one I will recommend people take a look at is, is look at the, look at the mod profile that applies to, um, the the padman pals team so mm -hmm. it defaults them all to pvp but there is a build under under ahsoka uh general anakin and general kenobi for 
Padme lead and it mm-hmm. prioritizes help because you want that health piece. That's the one that I always forget. And, you know, I was joking with someone the other day because I, I skipped Grand Arena last month and I didn't get any of that cash influx and I'm down like 40 million credits and I couldn't, you know, if you remodded your roster, that might sound like, no, but I did a remod. And then I didn't select that right profile. So that was 3 million to do the move. Then it was another 2 million. And again, when you have hot utils, it's really easy to just move the mods in game. And then you go back and verify like, oh, I'm wrong. So you've got to rerun it again. So, you know, they they can add up to be costly mistakes. I likely would have caught it if I was going line by line, but the Padme one. And then the other is uh, I hate how they, how they mod uh, old Ben in particular for, uh, for territory battles, because he needs to be able to take that that double that double geo spy hit. They mod him for speed. They want him because it used to be you want him to be really fast so he can get his his hand wave across everybody. So I actually had to build a custom profile to make him very tanky, and that's mm-hmm. another one that I always constantly forget to to go back through and, and rechange. I actually found that too. Like I run mine a little bit faster because when I am in TW. I get them stunned, but then I want to reduce, bring that turn meter yeah. back on them. And so I actually really want my old Ben to be faster than whatever speed the spies are set at. Cause it seems like if I, if I can get him to remove their turn meter, then I can basically be killing them by the time yeah. they get to their second turn, you know, cause I load um, yep. JKL with a super slow set. So, I mean, they're just slow as molasses and it gives me enough yep. time to get to them. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's kind of interesting. I could definitely see a balance happening there. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so then um, a couple other things that I did was um, there are some certain cases where you do, where you want to build out your own set. You want to specify something. And it's really hard once it's optimizing. Like it took me a moment to figure out like, how do I tell it? Like, no, I know what you're optimizing, but like, I'm going to do it differently. And how do I tell it that I want? Because I, I first started out saying like, no, how do I tell Grand Ivory to optimize it a different way? And then I basically decided, oh, I, I'm thinking about this backwards. Um, so like Scion for me was a good example. I want Scion with a crit avoidance arrow. Now I'm sure I could probably go into edit and say crit avoidance arrow there, but mm-hmm. for me, I basically just went in, I modded my Scion how I wanted to mod him or basically what their suggestions, except instead of a speeder, I put a crit avoidance arrow and then I locked his mods. Yep. So then again, it said, okay, I'm done with him. Like I'm going to move on in whatever, rather than, you know, it basically still saying, Hey, like, why haven't you put this protection arrow on him? Like I'm asking you to, um, you know, and so then it basically said, okay, now I can move that. I know that I have that protection mod for someone better, you know, down the line. Um, so that was really helpful for me. Again, just to reiterate, like the locking thing is your the best friend. I mean, yeah. it's the best thing you can do to mm-hmm. gain control of, between your roster and the mod optimization. Um, and then uh, the last thing, uh, second to last thing I did was I had some stragglers. I had some guys like Newt, you know, Newt's kind of in a bunch of different teams and a bunch of different places, but I didn't necessarily have him optimized necessarily in my list. Uh, same with like Nest and old Ben was actually one Tarkin. Um, they are on teams, but, um, I didn't want them high on the list where they were in those teams necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of just set them aside as I was going through. And then what's actually really nice was, by the time I got through this process, because 
it's so smart and optimizing, you know, tunes to be slower, but hit hard, optimizing them in different ways than I wouldn't. I was left with like a ton of mods between like 10 to 16 speed, like at the end that yeah. weren't used. Yeah. Oh, okay. So then when I like got to my new, like my Newt and Dooku were blazing fast because <laughs> it just had those that it didn't optimize in other places. And when I loaded them in at the very end, it said, oh, well now I've, I've still got these left over. And so I got to put them on there and it actually worked out. Those are two tunes that are great to have fast yeah. in your roster, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then, um, you know, and even like it didn't apply like one of my six dot mods. And it was interesting to see what was left over after the whole process had finished. Yeah. And um, so then, you know, it is good just kind of go into your roster, sort by speed and just kind of see what's unequipped and then just kind of look at what's below it and see if you can't like pick someone up, you know, but again, mm-hmm. you are really evaluating like, why did it do it? And if I yeah. make this person faster, am I helping or hurting them? Yeah. Well, it's good to be able to see, you know, like I've got this fifth, like, why am I not using a 15 speed mod? You know, like, so uh, I think I still have a couple 13s and 14s that are unmodded right now, and it'll be great. They'll go on someone down the line. Um, But, and so then the last thing that I did was um, I took all my crew members. I basically just, um, not with the optimizer or anything, I basically just did the filter for all my crew members on the pilots and then just selected all my gold and purple mods and just assigned all the gold that I could and Mm -hmm. then all the whatever just on down and then actually before I did that I went no actually after I did that I went and deleted um this was the thing I was looking forward to the most was (laughs) deleting mods I have like because yeah. I haven't really tended to this or done this in so long, I had been hitting that cap on and off for a long time. And basically just, I was having to store mods on my low tunes um, as I was just working through. But this was the thing without optimizing, I didn't know what mods I didn't need, you know? So I was always just holding on to everything saying like, someday I might need this. And, but this was the beauty was like trusting the optimizer. Yes. Mm-hmm. and now knowing like this is the best stuff i have and what's left over like i can really feel confident in getting rid of it so tons of purple nines gold nines that I just had left over that you know i thought we had good secondary stats or proper primaries just started dumping them so i i was able to leave about 50 mods um at least probably um which felt so good um and i don't really know where i am with the cap but i certainly haven't hit it or you know <laughs> uh, even have it hasn't come across or anything which has been really nice um and and i have like tons of tunes that are unmodded now like the whole yeah. bottom of my roster is unmodded and um, i think i have plenty of space and then i mean just the other beauty is like i don't need to move mods around all the time now like for so many things now i mean besides maybe lstb you know like i ran um str which i've been remodding for for ages and now I just went in with the mods I had on and it worked great. It basically yep. got the same run because it had been optimized, you know, uh, in a way that I didn't need to necessarily remod for a certain situation. Which was nice. mm-hmm. uh, I will say the last thing I wanted to just quickly bring up was that I have SLK coming up very soon. And 
uh, so I will, you know, and he's going to take a very top tier set. Oh, absolutely. I'm basically going to have to pull. And um, so it'll be interesting to kind of go through this process again, you know, introducing a new tune that needs a new arena set. And then, you know, kind of how I'll figure out how I will optimize again. Now, you know, when I started this process, I, my mods were a crime scene. So I had to, (laughs) I started with 0%, you know, I mean, I needed to know what was going to be better. And, you know, actually the first time I put 100 and I just kind of played around, like going back and forth, like, what is this bar doing? You know, what's the, you know, the, yeah. this percentage bar over here. And I kind of figured out and I was like, oh no, I need a 0%. And yeah. so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I went through and did that. And um, yeah, so then I'll probably figure it'll be interesting to see how helpful it is i will continue to use this tool and how helpful it is um now um once i introduce slk into my roster so, so a, a couple things one um sig sig shared this with me as we were starting to build up um c pit teams you can actually drop it below zero percent what so that'll even deprioritize it more because there was a there was a team that that you wanted ray as slow as humanly yeah. possible mm-hmm. and and i said it to zero and he's like no if you drop it below that and i she drop like 15 speed on top of it is okay, the first. I, need to, I need to do that because my ray is too fast yeah um the, the second is and, and for folks that haven't played around with with grand ivory without hot utils grand ivory only takes a look at what's currently equipped and mm-hmm. if you check the box for remember mods so if it pulls something off and puts it on your inventory it will remember it's there as long as you you export that config what I did, and, and again, Box, I'm very similar to you. I was so excited to get rid of mods, push mods onto everyone, okay? Even that bottom of the roster, manually assign them, and you can do it by speed. Uh, I, I think I went through and I just put the highest speed mods and I just just dumped them on. It didn't, didn't care about sets. I just needed a record of them in place. It's going to inflate your GP a little bit. It's, it's a side effect. And then I went through and I deleted everything except for three of each shape. And I don't care if it was, wow. I didn't keep, I didn't keep three offense crosses. I didn't keep three, you know, offense, I mean, drawing a blank, you know, potency. But the idea is you don't realize how many mods you actually get that come in, especially as Sarah said, around yeah. all of those, those assault battles and the health yeah. mods. That's going to be such a huge source of, of speed that just you gotta wipe it out you, you gotta learn to let go and i do that maybe once mm-hmm. a year because while i try to do a great job of, of managing that over time that list will get a little bit too long but to the point you made if i optimize and it's not gonna make the list of 200 characters yeah. it's probably hot garbage right like which, it's just and you gotta let it go which is a great point because like for me i had the exact same thing happen as vox and I'm, and I'm sure you've had this happen too Pico, where i have six dot mods that it didn't put on anyone and i did yeah. my whole list including the trash tunes like i did yeah. everybody and it was yeah. like yeah we're not putting this on there i'm like <laughs> why did i slice yeah. this yeah even a yeah. you put resources uh, into it's like why i'm like what, why, did, why did i i, why I, I had a i had an offense triangle primary you know it was it was an offense set offense primary triangle six dot and it wasn't putting it on like tie fighter pilot that was at the bottom it was like 10 speed that was at the bottom of the roster like wow that was a phenomenal use of resources from from that side and it it was it was difficult letting it go but Mm -hmm. at a certain point you kind of have to wipe the slate because 
the inventory gets so large, you just don't know what's there and, and you start to miss kind of what, what's, what's there at the bottom. And, and, uh, and, and that, that was now the flip side of it. I, I accidentally actually deleted every spare mod that I had uh, uh. at the start of this year. Uh, so I'm, I'm actually rebuilding that, that base uh, across my, like if, if they were to release a new character today, I would not have enough mods to put, fill one on every slot for the new character. Oh, wow. Man. That's intense. Yeah. Um, I was going to say though, in terms of like having a clean slate for, for people like me who are not good at this, I, I struggle with the letting go part of mods. Yeah. because mm -hmm. i'm always worried that it's gonna bite me in the ass afterwards like yeah. i remember years ago when i was uh not years ago but like mo most recently deleting mods and particularly arrows i was like well if you're not a speed primary i don't want you i deleted yeah. them all and then i went to make my cam squad loadout and everyone was like you need crit avoidance i'm like I don't have any crit avoidance. I deleted them all. <laughs> yeah. I'm still holding on to probably 10 accuracy arrows, just waiting for the day that like, <laughs> oh, you're gonna you need you need this specific accuracy arrow for yeah. this tune. And I'll be like, I have that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like a variety of them. And then yeah, I mean just like I was gonna say too, yeah, it's so hard to remove, you know, just even like um I was saying for that gas counter now for Rancor. Another, uh, sorry, the um, P4 team for Rancor that you need a crit damage or crit chance offense arrow for gas. You know, I, I looked, at it, looked it up. I'm running a six speed on him. I would like to have something with more speed, but yeah. again, I, I'm glad that I didn't get rid of that because literally like I only had one and that was it. And I guess normally I probably would have thrown that away, but there's so many cases like that where I just think like, oh, this might come around or, you know, yep. let me hold on to it in case that happens. And I will say another thing that's really interesting is you know after this optimization you do have such a greater appreciation for what mods to slice you know i mean like because yeah. now i really see tunes that are so important to me you know tunes that are relic seven they're all sitting on five dot mods yep. you know and yeah. so now you know basically my rule of thumb has always been i am never going to six dot a mod that doesn't have over 15 speed it just seems like a waste to me and now I can prioritize some of those mods on my relic tunes that have really high damage or, you know, yeah. that are basically really giving them better support and feel good about it. I won't have to feel, you know, like I'm making a mistake, you know, or breaking my rule. Um, and then the last thing I was going to really mention the call back was, you know, with the mod optimizer, remembering your mods, I actually, when, you know, that aren't equipped or as it's you're going through and unequipping and equipping, um, I, when I got to the bottom of the roster, I kept running into an issue where um, I had, guess I had deleted some mods and yeah. it was remembering them. So it kept like for uh, Vet Chewy, it kept trying to put time at, at like uh, offense mods with like three, four, yeah. four speed that I had deleted at like, I probably went through like six different times of it having to tell it, no, I deleted that mod. Like, yeah. no, like I deleted that mod. Like, <laughs> just kind of like, stop it, Grand Ivory. Like, yeah. give me, why do you think this mod still exists? Um, but then once I got through that, it was okay. But that was just kind of an interesting uh, mechanic of, you know, something you might run into at the bottom mm -hmm. um, where it will remember mods that you uh, got rid of. And and so it's funny because I, I kind of handled how I upgrade mods a little differently coming out of this. 
Yeah. Well, and we'll we'll put aside the, my obsession around getting everything to to 6A, but the way that I look at it is (laughs) once that list is built, I started at the top of the list. And if something wasn't a six dot, that was the next one on the list. And I went character by character. Like at the top of my list right now, it, yeah. it's funny. Well, I don't really run him in arena, but I he's used so many places. Supreme Leader Kylo Ren is at the top of the list. Mm-hmm. If he had a non-six six at E mod, I don't care. He's currently actually R8. He's got a nine speed offense square that's there, but he's got phenomenal stats there. When it put it there, I trust the optimizer. And it was, it was still, I think it was purple at the time when I put it there. It was, I trust the optimizer enough that I dropped everything and I took that to, to, to six dot. And I just worked mm. on the list. So I go down to the next character because again, and I look at it two ways. If I put you high enough up the list that I'm prioritizing you in the list that clearly I use you a lot, I need better mods. I might not get the roles that I want on, on taking you to a six dot, but the probability of getting a better mod out of out what essentially should be a top 20 mod or, you know, again, where, where it is in the list. And I just work my way down that. And again, when I do my remod and sometimes something pops back up, I start back to the top of the list and work my way back mm-hmm. down. It, and again, this is me trusting the machine yeah. to make a better decision than me kind of guessing where it, where it needs to be. Because and again, to your point, offense, triangle with 10 speed and, and an offense primary and it didn't get assigned anywhere clearly i'm dumb <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll trust the machine from that aspect so but that's a great point because if you have in, in that case um supreme leader kylo at the top of your list and it's telling you to put a five dot mod yeah. there and it has all of your six dot mods to choose from and it's still picking a five yeah. dot mod it's doing it for a reason Mm-hmm. No, I have a 13 speed six dot health primary mod. And I went through like it was like the one six dot that wasn't applied. And I was like, what are you doing? Of course, I need to like, it's a six dot health. Like I need yeah. this health boost on someone. Mm-hmm. And I went, it's still unequipped. I went in yeah. and looked at every tune below it to say like, oh, of course, it's got to go on one of these tunes. And I was like, no, it doesn't. Like I literally yeah. don't have a place <laughs> for it right now. So uh, yeah, I <laughs> that was interesting. You you really do. Once you see the big picture, it, make, mm-hmm. it starts to make yeah. a lot of sense. Um, and so, yeah, hopefully down the road, I'll throw that on somewhere. I, I remember when I modded um, for the cam mission in particular. So I used Grand Ivory for it. I did not have hot utils at the time. So I was only using Grand Ivory. Um, and I ran it about four or five different times for this team. And I remember I took screenshots of everything that it was wanting to do to my roster. And I was comparing it. Um, every time I, I would tweak like little settings in, in it. Um, but I remember long story short, I was only doing these five, literally just these five characters. And I remember on, on, uh, echo, it took a blue offense square that I had just thrown on Jedi yeah. guardian for storage. And it was like, everyone else had six dot mods everywhere. Yeah. You looked at echo six dot mods and then a blue square. I'm like, all right blue square it is <laughs> but i immediately then did exactly what you said pico without i saw it, i'm like well i might as well just slice you like yeah. it's not gonna hurt um so i think that is that highlights it even more as well yeah. like like those scenarios where it's like this is the best mod yep um, really, 
we're just scratching the surface on the tools that are available in Grand Ivory. Yeah. Um, I think we probably will continue to revisit this and dive in. I mean, I got to say through this whole process, I'm a lifetime subscriber now. I mean, uh, I will continue to probably create yeah. my arena sets, but beyond that, I mean, my eyes are wide open now to a new world of possibilities in modding and, um, even just like uh, one of the things you pointed out to me was that there is a button that you can tell it to look for a mod's potential instead of yep. where mm -hmm. a mod is at. And, uh, you know, there's actually a whole row of, you know, buttons um, on each character to basically tell it different things to do with modding and, you know, a, a whole slew of things to do in the window. And, you know, maybe in future episodes, we'll delve dive more into um a lot of the more minutiae here but uh mm -hmm. you know today's episode i really just kind of want to share my story and um especially gives just some tips to, to get that surface level to improve mm -hmm. your modding you know in the simplest of terms and hopefully save you 10 hours um, <laughs> and so for me as well, I, this, this, now this was the, the proof in the pudding for me right, that, right. you know, after spending 10, I, I, I this was hard, <laughs> very hard. And, you know, I went through, it's amazing how emotional it was going through 10 hours of modding and, you know, just feeling questionable about where I ended after all of this work I put into it. But the thing that turned everything around was I ran the DSR bot overview on my roster. Oh yeah. I'm starting all this process. I, I start. I ran it like a while ago when my mods again were a crime scene. I mean, it was so bad. I mean, it, it just, it was untenable just because I had moved. I, I just had no reason to maintain it whatsoever in the, over the last year. And so my DSR overview school mod score was a 3.82. Now, after my remodding, my mod score, I reran re the DSR bot, my mod score was a 5.36. I have never seen anyone with a mod score over five running that bot. Mm -hmm. I still like, even after I ran that, like in our guild, in our little like bot section, I like pointed out, I was like, guys, I just finished my remod. Like I was beside myself. Like, I can't believe I broke yeah. five. Like I was like, this was so worth it mm -hmm. like this was great and even now like that I've had you know basically been living with it for a week it, it is it is so so great in so many ways that I mean I just don't even have time to continue mm -hmm. to go over them and you know I was even pointing out to me I'm like guys I broke five like look at this and then like yeah. you see like every guild member like running it and they're all like <laughs> 4.6, 4.3, like, you know, just no one was even getting like above 4.7, you know, like everyone was just under that. And, uh, you know, I just really had an appreciation for um, just everything, all the changes that I had made and just where, where my roster was out modding wise now. I, I will say that I, I'm super yeah, I happy. sent it to you, Sarah. You did, and my, <laughs> I got remod. I have to, it's bad. I got to redo it. Um, yeah, I, won't, I won't shame you by sharing your score, but it was shocking. It, it's low. It's real bad. Um, we'll help you out. But yeah, I think you probably need to cultivate some more um, sets too. I mean, it sounds like you, I, think, yeah. I, mean, I guess you probably don't, you don't need your Jawas now. So you should probably um, <laughs> work on some good damage mods. I, I was saying this today to to a guild mate of mine, uh, who's also in your, in your guild, Pico, to, to say in hollow, at 
he was talking to me about my mods and I, and I was saying like, I, he was telling me what to do. He was yeah. giving me the, he's like, this is what you need to look for. And he was going through all of this with me. Um, and I said, my current mod strategy is to uh, take the freebie mods that they give us and slice them and try to remember to like look in the store. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. And, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, you need to farm this set on Friday, this set on Saturday. Yes. <laughs> yes absolutely. Well, um, still for me now, like um, on the weekends, I will, or every now and again, periodically, I'll go in and farm defense mods. Because again, that's just that's, such that's an unreadable set that's so yeah. important now that, uh, you know, it's, it's something you, I, you know, was neglected for so long yep. for most of us. And I think mm -hmm. now we have such an appreciation for its viability. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just every now and again, I just want to try a couple hits, you know, see if I can't get some uh, more worth optimizing. Yeah, I, I will say though, I, I'm happy that you liked it because I actually thought you would hate the optimizer. When you're like, I'm going to use the optimizer. I was like, this is not going to be good. <laughs> when I was sitting there and it brought up that I had to move 400 mods for the second time, I really was questioning my life decisions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I but will say, you know, powering through, you know, and just starting over and just saying, you know, I, I, there's a got to be a better way yeah. uh, was so worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did it exactly how, how you mentioned the first time I did my full roster remod as i made made that list um and i that was all i did for hours was removing every single mod one by one i did not stop until i got from the top to the bottom i didn't do um my full roster i just did like i made my teams list and that was it everyone else that was not optimized i just left how it was through random mo extra mods at the end put them on there for storage and that was it um and then after that, every time I used Grand Ivory was for specific sets that I was doing or for specific teams. So I would just build them manually in game. I would yeah. create a loadout and build it that way. Um, and because I like to put everything back where I found it, I would build. So in, for example, my cam squad, I would build a, a tab for my cam squad loadout and each character would, I would build it by scratch. And then I would build a tab called post cam fix. And I would write down every single character <laughs> yeah. I was pulling from and build and just copy the loadouts from those characters there. So I can go back and fix everyone after. Um, so this last remod I did was the first one I did using hot utils, which is a different topic for, for later, but it does cut the, the time yeah. down significantly. Um, but I think what we can take as a lesson, what, what you were getting at um, with, your, with your mod score when you ran the DSR bot, I just did what it told me to do without necessarily putting it into proper teams. And I also was kind of like, well, I like BB-8. So he goes to the top and I pulled him up there and then I kind of yeah. like left everyone else down there and I didn't really work it properly. Um, which is probably why my mod score is less than three. <laughs> <laughs>
but I, you know, Vox, and I, I don't want to put you on the spot with this, but it, you know, if anyone's interested in popping into the the HNN Discord server, I'm more than happy to share the template that I use uh, for kind of well, building out my, my roster. Well, you did share the template yeah. you use. I yeah. studied it a yeah. lot actually, and I reached out to you because I, I, you know, it's through this process. Uh, basically, you shared that the first time, and I popped it open immediately, and I was just basically like, "What is this Greek?" And then. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, and then, you know, I basically uh, favorited it, but, you know, I yep. uh, saved it in my bookmarks. And then, you know, when I was, my, I didn't do it for my first time because I was just trying to let the optimizer take the wheel, uh, which didn't work for me. But then when I was starting the third time, the first thing I did was I opened your list. Yeah. You know, when I was said, I need to create my own list, essentially, but let me start with, um, uh, Pico's list and go from there. And I still didn't understand it, but I still, uh, but I asked you about it and then you basically yeah. told me, and now I do, I, I do get it. And your method of which I completely understand still doesn't necessarily work for me. Um, but I do think it, it was good to, again, just for a benchmark of seeing like, you know, at least your first order is important, you know, yeah. around the top and, you know, especially too, cause like you have your GLs as faster than fast, you know, at the very top. Yep. For me, like, I don't necessarily, like, you know, from my Gen and I Raven team, as long as my Revan is the fastest and, like, getting so he can kill the other Revan on the other side first, my GML doesn't need to be super yeah. fast, yeah. doesn't need the fastest set, you know? Right. Same with my Ray, like, I mean, I have my Ray with my fastest health mod set, but that's not, you know, the fastest, the fa you know, she doesn't have a speed set or anything, so. Um, I think part of this is the difference of, of, I have a glut of six dot mods, which allows me a little bit more flexibility as to who I put at the top of the list. And, and yeah. I say, I, you know, mm -hmm. I offer up, I'm, I'm happy to post my list, not because I have a great character design, mm -hmm. but I, I think sometimes it just helps to get an idea when someone's talking about a list, like from a prioritization standpoint. And it's, it's a fair point because yes, this is very much written in, in Pico speak to kind of make mm -hmm. things <laughs> aligned to where it's at and, and maybe need a primer there. And also um, for folks that are listening, it's going to be in Excel. No, I will not put it in Sheets and, and Google. I, I like Excel. That's where I work. Uh, you are more than happy to convert that yourself. Mm -hmm. um, but, it, you know, it's, I just, I, I think it's, I, I'm happy to get it posted up there. People are just kind of looking for an example of, of how to start building some prioritizations in, in that list. So yeah, I need to uh, look at it. That's really great. I mean, I will say, you know, the biggest sign of my trust in this process <laughs> is I deleted every loadout that I had ever created cool. in the game. Well, except for my arena ones, but I went and every loadout I had for mods across the entire game. And I saved every, and I resaved everything that uh, I have now. So yeah, so th that, that is in my whole all new, changing. whole new look. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, all so of those, there's like, no going back now. No like going the, back. Those gibberish named loadouts. They're, uh, they're I gone. still have that page, oh, okay. um, but you know, I mean, <laughs> necessarily use that page and in fact i probably will delete that page because you know the mods that are in those loadouts are spread across the entire roster now and and, and that's one thing i really um, for efficiency's sake i really don't like to pull a set that comes off of six different tunes yeah. right? if, if it's pulling one mod here one mod there i think that's okay but you know i don't want to mod for a specific instance and have to go back and change 12 different yeah. plus tunes um and so yeah i probably will ditch that but uh i did um 
I, I still have um, one tab that is my own uh, arena modding um, that, you know, basically just has my Ray set and my JKA set and the things like that. Um, and um, yeah, so uh, this is a good place to just kind of mention where a tease some of the future uh things that we will talk about we will go in depth next episode into hot utils um mm -hmm. this we had so much to say about grand ivory that we didn't really want to be able to do both necessarily at once um, i think we've set a really good uh, foundation now for like understanding kind of what gi can do for you and so now we can kind of branch off into hot utils next episode and do a little bit more in depth there you know and kind of revisit um, some other grand ivory things and um yeah just kind of pick up from there and you know just other areas that we'll delve into that we kind of touched on but you know like the mod store um, will be another uh topic that we'll evaluate and um coming out of this episode we are probably going to start a couple channels um on the mm -hmm. discord uh for you the listeners to be able to interact with us we really would um we're going to start a channel for topics that are of interest to you so you can suggest topics that you would like us to cover um and i think we'll also start a channel for resources so things like pico's um Excel list we can post in there. I can post my list that I use to create for GI or anytime, you know, we bring up a video, we bring up a place, we'll have a spot that you can go directly. So you wouldn't have to hide it, uh, hunt for it in case it was, you know, lost in the I love you, I know section or uh, any of the mm -hmm. other channels we have on the discord. So um, hopefully we can aggregate um, some of the things there. So uh, listeners, some more stuff to look forward to as we uh, continue to uh, expand and release these this new show yeah uh and with that i am going to move on to our next segment uh that segment went uh pretty long but good time <laughs> that was really great uh in depth um so one of the other things i want to cover here just in terms of a supplement for this show so many shows go over kit reviews yeah. but then they never visit revisit the character after it's been in game you know you never get back to saying you know like how did that mechanic work or this was something that was unexpected or you know you actually get to see how that tune is interacting or a team that it wasn't meant to be on or you know uh, it's all of a sudden making the meta in a way you didn't realize things like that and so mm -hmm. you know what i really want to do is take a look at a tune that uh, has been in the game or just been released, just kind of say, uh, where are they now and how are they being used? And this is a section we are gonna call, I am wondering, why are you here? I am wondering, why are you here? So for today's character, we are going to take a look at Beskar Mando. Now, this has been, I think, a very nuanced character in the game. Mm -hmm. One of the, it's a legendary, it's incredibly easy to access. The gear requirements are more difficult than most other tunes in the game. Uh, and, you know, his viability is very low at the moment. I mean, yeah. in terms of where yeah. you rank him as a legendary, he's filling out the bottom. Uh, and, um, you know, so I just kind of wanted to ask some of you guys, you know, kind of what you think with Beskar Mando, especially now, you know, I mean, I think we obviously see more is coming for him, you know, I mean, with especially just the release of the ship today, um, the Razor Crest, and, um, you know, 
that you will have to gear him up for that. I think a lot of people who may have been on the fence about sinking gear into him, absolutely no. Like you've got to do it now. That razor, you, you, you might do it more for the ship than for the team yeah. at this moment as of today. I, I think like we're a legendary. I have I haven't played with him myself. Um, I have a guildmate who asked during our last light side territory battle to test him uh, in phase one. Um, if I was cool with him, you know, possibly not maxing out his waves, um, which obviously I was, it was fine. Uh, and he came back probably five minutes later, it felt like, and was like, yep, so that uh, went poorly, did not work. <laughs> and that pretty much told me everything that I need to know about Professor Armando and his viability. Um, I'm assuming, do you both have him on lock? Yeah. Yeah? I do. And he's still sitting at gear one, level one for me. <laughs> yeah uh i have met r7 so i i have dumped all of the resources oh. and for him to sit very very low in the list now so I, I did actually try something with him in territory wars and if this works i will be a little bit happier but um we were in typical fashion getting beaten territory wars and we were so we were kind of swinging at the last sections and we had a wall of padme and pals and i took um Beskar Mando. Actually, I think I, I, so I took Beskar Quill, IG-11, Nest, and IG-88. That was that was who I was originally kind of running that squad with. And I almost beat the team. I think I might have left one person. Um, oh. And I think, and again, I, I didn't quite play it right because I, I forgot who the other characters were on the team. I kind of wanted to just play around with it a little bit. Um, if I can use that to erase a Padme team in Territory Wars, that's a great counter as far as I'm concerned. And uh, yeah. because you just see so many of them and it's in the counters are really weird from that, that side. Uh, I, I think the other piece, my frustration with him is, is the Whistling Birds is a really cool attack. And if you can get it to, to go off at 20 stacks, you remove someone from the board. I don't care who they are they're gone. They just, they, they go bye-bye. Everyone else kind of falls off and you can target invisible characters. That's a big deal. Like I, I beat the, the last galactic challenge with the Mandalorians. There was the bounty hunter one. I beat it at tier seven. And when I beat it, I was able to get, I was able to live long enough to get 20 stacks and I could take out one of the bounty hunters, which then gave me numbers and allowed you to, to kind of move forward. Unfortunately, what I find with Beskar Mando is that he's really there to just make other tunes invulnerable because everyone's taking so much damage and they're not doing anything. Mm. Like he he just kind of stacks up damage immunity three times and you're just delaying the inevitable. Um, I do I, think that's really funny with his kit. You think the Whistling Birds is like the premier yeah. ability he has. That's like the coolest thing he does. But really, the highest ability is that damage immunity that yeah. gets spread yeah. and, you know, mm. back to tune. You know, and so, you know, my contribution really to these sections because you know as a free-to-play player i will not be able to necessarily use these tunes or whatever but i watch so many content creator videos and i just got my finger so on the pulse of where you know these people are that are using the tune that you know i do see you know people using trying to use him they're trying yeah. so hard because yeah. he's a legendary tune he looks cool they want to use him and right yeah so often maybe it's just hard to get those 20 stacks but you know when he uses his whistling birds like i never see someone die 
you know, like it's really rare. I, I will say Arnold's, la Arnold's last stream, he took it against a Night Sister comp and deleted like three tunes immediately, which is great because they can't yep. revive. So, right. you know, and you really, you want that ability to be an ultimate. You, you, yeah. you don't want the non-Beskar Mando to have an ultimate that's better than Beskar Mando. Yeah. And uh, right now <laughs> that, that really is the case. And I, I don't know maybe what really could possibly come that will make him that much more viable. I mean, I guess maybe a tune that will get those 20 stacks guaranteed or a lot faster, you know, per a turn. So I, I think the problem is, it, 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 I see it as a couple of pieces. Uh, Mon Moth, we could argue whether that team is good or not, but Kara on that team makes sense. But she might be better served just building a tank wall on, on there with him because she's a scoundrel. Uh, but I, I have a hard time breaking that team up. It's the same thing with Brown Mandalorian. We can argue if bounty hunters are still really a viable team in the game anymore. They're, they're really a down, they're a downless team these days, but I, I just don't feel right moving Brown Mando over to that team as well, that, that maybe there's a fit. There are a number of, of, leaders that can go on that team but no one seems to be a good leader is the problem right now even right. with mm. the armorer yes she can she can bump protection up across the board with everyone and but you're probably gonna use her somewhere else and, and it, it just seems like we're missing that character and yeah you know well jedi knight luke has a phenomenal leader ability there's a lot of cases where he's not always a leader. And I, and I, and I, I keep trying to remind myself is just because Beskar Mando, who is the leader of the show, mm -hmm. we might get someone else to slide into that spot. I, I think the problem is if the cadence, the release cadence follows season one, we're not going to see that until late summer, which mm -hmm. means he's going to sit on people's benches for a period of time, not doing anything. And, and I, I just don't know how that, that kind of, that kind of mm -hmm. fits. That is a good point, considering they do seem to be uh, really pushing you to gear this character. And it, maybe it does seem like we have time because, um, yeah, just with the release of characters, yeah. who knows how mm -hmm. long it'll be before we get that leader. And I mean, maybe I'm just not thinking creatively enough as to what that leader could possibly bring that will make him a legendary status. I think um, we are looking at this from the lens of playing this game yeah. And having a legendary character like Thrawn, Grandmaster Yoda, Palpatine, like all these characters that you work so hard for and you get it and the event rolls around and then six months later it comes back for the second time and so on and so on. And now they're in the journey guide. I think with this character in particular, it was a little bit different and it was a legendary character that was re a, a new legendary character that was released and for me personally, I thought we haven't had a legendary character in a while. This seems kind yeah. of weird, but okay. Um, and, and I think if we're looking at it from the lens of playing this game, instead of looking at it through the lens of, I got to get new people into my game. And right now we're airing the Man yeah. Mandalorian season two. And right now you can come in and you can start getting this badass character you're seeing on your screen and you can get them no matter when. You don't have to wait for the event yeah. to come back. That's when I can start viewing it more as a, 
he's just there to bring in more people. Mm. And I can see that for, I can see that being the reason, not necessarily the reason, but that kind of, to me, makes his bad kit okay in a in a way like not okay but like more understandable so i i love that point and and what i'll add to it is it's not that the phoenix squad sucks (laughs) it's that they suck at the point in the game that we're playing and and i think that if you look at the mandalorian and again Grief and Brando will we'll put off to the side because they, they've got a role. But uh, if you look at that team, I have to imagine IG-11, Quill, Kara, Mando, and Lightside Hoth probably does some work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to your point, if, if I'm using this as a vehicle to get new players into the game and put knowing they're not going to get Jedi Knight Luke for another two years, if I start putting things that they're they're excited to play in the game and they're good at that point in time, that's a win. Like I I, I get that. And, and and I that's why I'm not really that bent out of shape about he's not a phenomenal character. Like not every mm-hmm. character has to be a game-changing character. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, there there has to be stormtroopers are stormtroopers at the end of the day like, i want scout troopers <laughs> scout troopers not going to change the meta when he comes in he's going to fill a role and, and and i think that as as late game players i think we tend to forget that there are a number of people that are four million gp and, and, and lower that he probably makes an impact and frankly it's it's really easy for them to achieve so exactly I, great point great point you had um and, and like just to use like an example for that the first time that I spent money in the game and really invested was when they were like, we're bringing out BB-8. And I was like, well, I can't miss this. Yeah. And that was, that was a character for me that I was like, I need this character. So I feel like if you bring this character out and you have people who want to watch the show or who are watching the show and love the show, you hook them into this game. We all know what happens. You start a podcast. Um, (laughs) But like you you get hooked into this game and now it's like, okay, you've got this team. Go go after this one. Look at all these characters you can get in the Jedi, in the journey guide here. Look at all of these awesome, stronger characters you can get. And you just kind of get hooked in that way. And then the next thing you know, you're farming for a galactic legend. So I think that is more of his purpose well while i think that's a wonderful sentiment i don't (laughs) think that is what we see in this game i mean god i would love if i mean i just feel like cg misses so many opportunities so often i mean if i was running this game Mm -hmm. and my sole purpose was to make money I would not, I would be releasing tunes so much more often and when Mm. they are popular, you know, when they're needed, you know, like it's so often like when people were saying, you know, you and so often this does drive, you know, characters that eventually come to the game. But if when critical mass was at peak for Jedi Knight Revan and Darth Revan, if they had released it then, yes, like those characters were like the best revenue like they've really seen. But that was also a year after people were saying like, I will give my firstborn for a Revan 
you know, if I could get it in game right now. Mm-hmm. And even still, like, you know, if you could have released Grogu, Baby Yoda, mm-hmm. at the end of season one, people would have given up an arm and a leg mm-hmm. and paid anything to get that character. And that's the thing, like, I don't care if, like, it's viability in game. It mm-hmm. doesn't have to, you just make it non-attacker and give it a healing ability and throw it in. It doesn't have to have a place in the game to be crazy. But now it's like your past season two, Grogu's off with, like, Jedi Knight Luke, who knows what his viability is going to be back. And I feel like the, I mean, there was, like, a month where the fever for baby Yoda was mm-hmm. insane. Like he was every post on just the front page of Reddit, like everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if you could have released anything, yeah. baby Yoda in the game at that time, the amount of revenue would have been insane for that. Oh, yeah. It drives me crazy so often that we never see them jumping on these opportunities to like quickly release it to when they're popular and when people want it. I think, so there's two things. There's two things there that I think are the issue. One, it's not CG pulling the strings. It is CG pulling the strings, but it's not CG pulling the strings. We're not going to get like, yeah, we all want baby Yoda. I have baby Yoda all over my house. I have baby Yoda clothing. Like (laughs) you want him, but there's no way Disney is going to put him in game knowing that like, how do you, how do you okay putting a baby the child in game yeah. that could potentially get slaughtered you, you work around it the the thing is is i fold up a piece of paper with a mm-hmm. giant number on it and mm-hmm. i slide it to disney and say do you want to make this much money <laughs> and then they say yes and i say we'll figure it out we'll make sure he can't possibly be attacked we'll make sure there's a way for players to select him somehow you know i mean there's mm-hmm. a lot of issues with baby yoda coming into the game but basically that price tag the money that they can the revenue they can bring in seems like it's worth it you figure it out and you get him in when it's at critical mass right i think it's just that disney is is disney um the other point though i wanted to make was you say you want all of these new characters and you say you want them released but let me tell you from playing another game where they do that it is the most infuriating thing in the world to know that you just got a legendary character and guess what too bad. He's it's not going to be meta in three weeks because we're going to drop another one. And three weeks after that, not going to be meta again. Like it is, it, it makes you hate the game. Mm-hmm. Well, I will say that's kind of a different point though, because we mm-hmm. were really wanting a character to be introduced that isn't meta, that doesn't necessarily have a place, because that's really where Baskar Amanda is. He's introduced, he doesn't necessarily have a place, but we're so conditioned, you know, everything is setting up a bigger picture with CG. Right. That, you know, we do have an expectation that, you know, Baskar Amanda needs to have a place. And, you know, we want to just say it's okay. Maybe he doesn't have a place, but, but that's just not how they release tunes. Yeah. And we just see it time and again. So I want to maybe talk about this a little bit more practically. So I, I think, and while I'm not a software developer, I, I work for a, a, a company that does a significant amount of software and hardware development. Mm-hmm. And, and I understand a little bit of what those cycles look like. And I think the community vastly underestimates the time it takes from yeah. concept to delivery. All right. It is months is what we're looking at. So that's the first piece. The second is let's use the Grogu example. Mm-hmm. All right. So season one was 10 weeks and no one knew that there was a baby Yoda conceptually in the world. No, it, the, yeah. the, 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 it was, it was Favreau. 
it was Filoni and it was the stunt double playing the Mandalorian because we all know that 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 uh, the the actor I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. Oh, he was, Pedro Pascal, I think. Pedro, he was he was off filming a different movie, but so the reality because they wanted to keep that secret. So the problem CG has is one, this character was released into into the world. I now have a ten week cycle to get that out the door, and more importantly, if I knew, even if I knew that the Mando is being released, Mandalorian is being released in October. And I see these pictures of him. I have no idea what he does. Mm-hmm. So th- there's a part of, I have to watch, I have to see enough of, because Disney's not giving them access to those things, you know? And it's, mm-hmm. it's, if you listen to some of the things that, that they said, like when they talked about uh, Moff Gideon, they're like, all we know is he has the dark separate. We never saw him use it. So yes. we gave him Sabine's ability because we have no, vis- you know, I, I, they can't just kind of invent where some of the, these pieces go. And, and, it's it's a uh, and this isn't intended. I'm I'm trying not to apologize for CG, but I just think that it's it's very difficult to build a character if you don't know where it is. And, and I'll use another Star Wars example. And, and actually, we're on video. No one else will see this. I was looking back. I, I used to have the old First Order shuttle Lego, and and when that was released, and it was like an eighty dollars set, the mm-hmm. wings went straight up in the air. Even though in the movie they sat at a V, and the reason for that was uh, Lego was given a con- piece of concept art where it was landed, where the wings come up, and they just assumed that's the way the ship looked. They had no visibility into what happened, so they ended up releasing this eighty-dollar Lego set that didn't fit what was in the movie. And, and it's it's a unique challenge when Disney, and I think rightfully, holds a lot of this information to their chest that you can't really get an understanding of what a character is. So you run the risk of it looks like what I saw in a picture. It does nothing like what it was supposed, what it does in the show. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and I think that that that's a challenge that, that they're trying to fix. I hope is, is we're now getting way off topic. You know, Disney just announced the, the bad batch yeah. uh, will release in May. I'm hoping we're going to see them a lot faster yeah. because they knew the show was mm-hmm. coming and there was, there was a point of reference for them in, in other places. But um, trust me, I, I think, Again, CG loves taking money. Um, they, oh, yeah. They've yeah. taken some of mine. I, I think if they could get these things out faster, they would. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm really of two minds about it. One, I mean, I love the cadence. I love that I have an opportunity to get these tunes. And that, like Sarah said, you're not dealing with that uber frustration. Yeah. Of, you know, losing tunes or losing ground or not being able to keep up. But then it, it's, it's such a weird dynamic to say I'm frustrated by CG's like loss of opportunity making money yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> like, being like whoever the manager is like i could do a better job like it's, it's just a, such a weird mm-hmm. thing to say. It, it's it's one of those things too where it, it's it's similar to what, what pico was saying with like the the concept to design takes months it's the same thing like like for me i i don't develop software but i have people develop software for me and they bring it to me and my first step when somebody brings me software is I go, how can I break you? And yeah. I sit there and I find all of the, I'm like, what happens if I click this button? Nope, this doesn't work. So yeah. I, I imagine just working in that to, to the design of being like, okay, now we've got to put this in game now. And how am I going to get my fat finger onto tiny Grogu's head? Like, <laughs> what am I going to do here yeah. to make this work? So it, it's all of these little um, moving parts. I know that CG has also said in the past, not necessarily for Mandalorian, because that is a specific um, 
thing where it's airing at that time. But I mean, for, for when the Sith triumvirate raid came out, they were working on that for a year when yeah. they were working on that, when Darth Nihilus was released the year before. So it, I think it definitely highlights how much time and effort they put into things. Um, we broke that right away. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We went, yeah. how can we break this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I totally get it. I, I would love nothing more to have a baby Yoda Grogu standalone character in the game. I also don't think it's going to happen. I just, I yeah. just can't yeah. see I Disney. Mean, I can't see them okaying it. Mm-hmm. I just can't. Uh, so bringing this back around mm-hmm. to Beskar Mando real quick. Um, <laughs> we do, uh, I think we can't really finish this segment without talking a little bit about the Galactic Challenges and the role that he has played in the Galactic Challenges. Now, mm-hmm. uh, Pico, were you able to accomplish the challenges that required you to use all Mandalorian characters to get the Yeah, um, very unhappy. I ended up having to put a, a Zeta on Django to get one. Um, and and But I, I was able to, to beat all of them. And, and I, I'll be honest, I, I did a lot of them with, um, I currently take, I, I'm at the point now that, that if, as a character is released, I take them to G11 as soon as I can, because I, I, I typically are sitting on the resources or I have nothing to farm. So my, I did the first half of the month with the armor at, at G11. Um, and I didn't find them. I didn't find them too difficult. They were, they were frustrating. They were challenging. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, and, and I'll be honest, I don't have an issue with every other galactic challenge. Mm-hmm. There's a requirement for a complex tune. And I think the Mandalorian feats were a little bit more fair because you had a lot of options that were there. Uh, you didn't need the armor to make it happen. Uh, the Mandalorian ones, uh, you know, we can argue whether uh, the they gave enough time for people to, to farm that character, especially with some of the ones that were tied to, to damage pieces. But um, I was able to beat all of them over the last two months. Okay. Um, Great. Yeah. I mean, I will say, I mean, I'm not super thrilled about the barriers and I mean, even just watching a lot of the playthroughs of, you know, the difficulty level of trying to beat those feats with the team that isn't necessarily viable yet for how the galactic challenges are tuned. Um, People seem to struggle really hard with, you know, beating them even just with a fully maxed out team. Yep. but I, one of the things to at least give CJ a little bit of credit here is that there isn't really a big difference between the tier six box and the tier seven box. Mm-hmm. So while, I mean, I, I've never not been able, I'm either always getting the tier seven or the tier six. And, you know, it, it's very, it, probably only done the tier six, whatever, those couple of off weeks, you know, I mean, I have Beskar Mando now, so I can at least get that. And um, I guess I just couldn't get the feats that required a full Mandalorian team. But I mean, even the last one that threw us a bone was just like four Mandalorians on a team. Yeah. So I still yeah. got the tier seven one for the one that's coming up. And a lot of times, yeah, you know, you look at the T6 and I'm like, what am I missing? Like, what are they keeping from me? <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm okay with that. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll let it slide. I I look at it as a sense of like, these are little side things. And if I want to get the max rewards, this is a squirrel. And there are so many squirrels in this game. I cannot let it distract me. So I learned long ago. um, I can't remember what, what uh, faction it was, but it was not Mandalorian, believe it or not, where I think I got like the fourth box or something ridiculous because my 
squad was so I could not beat enough feats. And I was like, it was probably the first order one. Yeah. It was probably the first order one. You're not wrong. It was probably the first order one. And I was like, uh, well, I'm I'm good here. I'm not going to bang my head against the wall. I think I got like the third or fourth box. And I was like, yeah, because okay. I remember, I think that was one of the first T6 yeah. boxes I got because I was just starting my SLK farm, but I did not have a viable, my uh, first order team at that yeah. time. And I mean, and it just came back around and it was like, oh, this is cool. Like now I get to, like actually now you can, because yeah. I had, you know, the full team. I, mm-hmm. Even though I didn't have um, SLK yet, I was still able to pretty reasonably beat it mm-hmm. with just the standard first order team. But that's a great point is, so like the first time you couldn't beat it all the way and then it came back around and you could mm-hmm. and you didn't really chase a squirrel you just worked on what you were working on anyway yeah. so to me i'm like well maybe next time well and it was even when i didn't get it that first time i was thinking to myself like i really can't wait for this to come back around again because mm-hmm. i know i'll be ready for yeah. it the second time you know mm-hmm. I'll have this two years. That, and that's like a, that's a, a great mentality to have versus being like well this is dumb because i can't max it right away and, so Pico, what's it like getting everything the first time? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> oh man, we're going to. Um, I took no. Jedi Counselor to G thirteen today because I was bored. No, like that, that's where. <laughs> In spite <laughs> yeah. of the advice that. Yeah, exactly. We uh, both said not to do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's. I guess you should have watched. Yeah, I, you know it's it's. Um, so I'll give everyone opportunity, get, get your pitchforks, get, get your fire ready. Cause I'm probably going to say some very um, unpopular pieces, but I think people need to learn to be okay, mm-hmm. not getting everything and yes. not getting everything in the first time around. And, and it's as, as the only thing in the game that I can't beat right now is CT two of secrets and shadows. All right. I, I get it. I, you I can't am. get two. Uh, I can't get C- I've done CT2 once and I don't try anymore because it's just yeah. not for it me, it's not worth the effort to, to, to try. So like five tries, but yeah, yeah. It's really yeah. Cool. is that is that the night sister one? Yep. That's the one yep. that's oh, yeah. I don't yeah, even, yeah. I don't yeah. even do one uh, on that. But you know, we have we're gonna just see real quick, tier yeah. three is impossible. I don't know yeah, absolutely. That I've yeah. seen yeah. 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 I don't know even when that will be possible to be yeah. beaten because it needs like either a new tune or or maybe we get Phoenix reworks and Phoenix will be one who beat it. Yeah. Um, so so I, I think and, and again I, I get it. I'm 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 someone who gets everything saying everyone should be comfortable not getting everything, but at a certain point, we are getting a, a new game mode that's coming in mm-hmm. that is not going to be tuned for individuals to clear the whole thing there may be a, a portion of, of the community that can. And I, and I think that people need to understand that it's okay not to get it and to continue to work for it. And, you know, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I have, I have tried over the past six or eight months to, to change the way that I go after the, yes, I, I took the armor to, to G11 right away because I had the resources to do it, but I was angry that I had to take resources and put it on Django mm-hmm on his lead to, to beat that because that'll be the only time that I use this lead. Now the flip side, and I think I messaged you box. And as soon as it was done, like, I'm like, Oh, so this is why you actually hoard resources so that when you need it, it's there. So you you can take advantage of it. But uh, you know, I, I, I like it. I, it it's um, I still think that those tier seven galactic challenges are 
I like that they're difficult and I like that they take time. Like I love the fact that I killed a, a Tuesday evening trying to beat that bounty hunter mission mm-hmm. and, and trying to figure out how, how to make that work. And again, I'm going to always, I'll, I'll keep going back to this is like, I, I'd learn things through that process. Like I, I figured out that, Hey, if I make, like you can make Candorous really fast. I never realized that he was a super fast character. And, and yeah. all of a sudden, how you can stack up a, a stagger from Django with Candorous coming right behind him and, and, and like, oh, that's a really cool, like that's something to put in the back of the head for maybe some other time that you need to use it. But, uh, you know, I will say I'm really excited uh, for this coming month with it going to uh, the, the Imperial Troopers. Mm-hmm. Um, because Working. I'm hoping people will take the time to put some resources into Piet and realize yeah. how stupid fun he is, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, and, so and yeah, but you know what, what it's, what it's equating to for a lot of people is they are missing one chest, every other GC. Yeah. And, and the person that turns around and says, well, you know, I couldn't get the last one because it was this and I couldn't get it up here. The reality is you don't have the resources to do it. You don't, I mean, it's, it's lowest common denominator should not mean easy button to complete it. Yes. And I, again, as we talk about this and, and we talk about Voxel will remind everyone he's free to play and everyone will point out that I own everything and Sarah <laughs> lives somewhere in the middle. And, and, and I, I will say, I, I get it's very difficult for people to accept that, like I'm, I'm saying these things. Like mm-hmm. I, I understand that it's a challenge that if you don't have my resources for to listen to what I'm saying, but at the same time, I, I I'd feel this way regardless of where I am because there are some games that I play that I'm free to play. And I, I just have to accept the fact I'm just not going to have everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, to jump in on that, I I was livid when they announced that first best Garmando um, gate, uh, you know, requirement for it. Mm-hmm. But I will say that. Even then, you know, I, I do temper that outrage, but it, it has been a really good lesson, you know, seeing it, you know, in practice, it's been just fine. It's been great. Yeah. It hasn't been any reason to lose any sleepover, you know? Yeah. Um, and so it really has been a great shiny example of, you know, an area where you can be okay. It is okay to let go. It is okay to understand there are these gates yep. and it is okay to understand that you can't get everything. So uh, mm-hmm. I would just even reiterate on the free-to-play side and uh, things like that. Uh, that is something I have to remind myself and um, yeah, just kind of uh, calm my own uh, nerves <laughs> in that regard. And it's going to be okay. You know, it, it's going to be fine. Yeah. And like, I, w- I remember I was annoyed by it too. I was like, well, this is stupid. I can't get the first thing and or the max the max reward and then i i kind of like took a minute and like step back from sometimes you have to step back from discord as well because it just like feeds the fire at times and you're like okay like you you just gotta take a second um and then i thought about it i'm like well it's just gonna come back around and i'll probably get the i'll probably i know i'll get the resistance one and i know i'll get the rep like you know you realize these other things will make up for it the same way that like I know I have players in my guild that they are awful at light side territory battle. And, and they are like, I'll platoon whatever you want me to platoon. My characters suck. I'm not going to do well. And then we, we turn around and we do dark side and they're at the top. Yeah, it, it, It's this balance kind of thing. So. And I will say, I mean, it achieves the number one thing that why we're playing this game is something to work toward. 
you know yes. the whole game is designed around yes achieving and if, something and it gives you something the next thing to achieve yeah. and if if you have something like this to work towards you probably won't gear 13 your jedi consular <laughs> when he is the the main <laughs> requirement i'm gonna i mean i'm gonna tear it up i mean that's, I, <laughs> it, 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 if i can say one last thing on this I would prefer CG moving forward if they're gonna if this is gonna be the model they use, that they tie that every other GC to a faction rather than a tune. Yes. I, I didn't yeah. think the because there there was okay. a there was an amazing gate in January that you must be this tall to enter. And if you, you're not, you couldn't go. It'll be interesting watching what happens with the troopers, because not everyone will have Piet, and Piet's an easy mode and Gideon's an easy mode but there's a lot of resources there and people get to get inventive with, with how things are going to happen there. And, and I, so I, I hope that we keep it to factions more than anything else. It's mm-hmm. a good point. That will be really great. Um, did you guys have anything else you wanted to mention? Not on Beskar. I, I have a relic for Jedi counselor. Y'all are jealous. You I, relic I for have- them? Oh yeah, everyone goes Relic 4. Oh man. Uh, you know, it's really funny even at the start of the game. Um, I always wanted Jedi Consular to be good. I mean, you do start this game needing a yeah. healer, essentially. Yeah. He, and... he was my in my first arena squad. Okay, yeah, right, of course. Yeah, most people are. Yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> um, why can't, oh, Luminara. But I hated yeah. Luminara. Like, yeah. everyone was putting resources into Luminara, and I was just like, oh, I hate her so much. Like, Jedi Consular is like the superior healer. And I was like, really early game, like, set out to prove that. Um, I think my Luminara is still level one, gear one. Like, I, oh, I really? refused, yeah, to like ever put any resources into her. Um, and so, yeah, I kind of get it. Like, uh, it, I, even with the introduction of Cam, I was kind of like, oh, maybe this is Jedi Consular's time. <laughs> <laughs> So you let me know, Pico. You think yeah. actually, I, I would like to make a little plug for a character that I that I did, I did take to, to relics, and I was not expecting to be good, but but Elio Sakira, oh. Um, oh, in territory so battles, uh, she is a character people should consider splurging on. Um, just such a the, great kit. I wish if they upped the yeah. damage on her just a little bit, she would be so viable. Uh, you put her with Jedi Master Luke. And because he has an ability to increase her damage on top of that. Um, and she, especially as, as um, you use the, the Jedi teaching to call her and all of a sudden she has spread stun around the entire team and she actually starts to hit hard. Um, really fun character. Uh, and what's funny, cause when I, when I republished the territory battle guide recently and I, I put her on the list of um, should be good, but isn't. Yes. and then actually yeah. used her this entire territory battle and she's gonna she's gonna get moved on the list but um mm-hmm. real fun character and, and, and glad that i took the time to, to do that one so i have favorited her probably no less than five times <laughs> yeah with her off of the list and just because yeah. something else comes up and i've just yeah. never had the chance to actually pull the trigger on it but always wanted to yep so that moves us on to our next segment we are calling tip of the spear. Uh, This is a quick segment where we will just share some 
simple tips that we have for people in the game. Um, I'm going to start off with just kind of a quick double dip tip uh, mm -hmm. that I had. So I recently just was going through YouTube and um, looking at videos and the playbook had a video on um, relic resources and things like that. And I clicked on it, just kind of see what was going on. And it was really interesting because he basically covered what everything, what everyone knows, you know, and that is um, the um, one of the best things for the chromium transistors is the MK7 BAW armor mod. Mm -hmm. um, and so he was actually doing in his video covering that piece. But then what he actually did was he created a ton of MK7 blast tech weapon mods and then went and equipped those. So he was like, he didn't even realize it in his video that he was talking about one piece and actually creating and applying another piece. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, no, but it was, it worked out perfect because it made me realize like, oh my God, like this is a piece that isn't touted enough as mm -hmm. a piece that's as easy, if not easier to craft that you should be using for those. I mean, especially this far down the line. I mean, I've been exclusively doing the armor mod for that relic piece and it's getting low. And so now like that I had this other piece to go, like it was just like just this brand new discovery. Like, oh my God, like I've got so much <laughs> more relic mats now like that I can just totally utilize this resource. And so for me, um, I was able to craft it on gear seven, uh, Hoth Rebel Soldier. Um, you can go to swgoh.dg and just kind of see whatever tunes might have it that you have available at the proper mm -hmm. gear level that you can craft it. Heaven forbid we have a place to craft these places in the place yeah um but uh it was just such a great little thing and then there actually is a spreadsheet that someone created that has um a tab for best use page and it actually is on there and i'm sure other people have seen it um but i this was someone actually turned it on turned me onto it for the first time recently and um so i was actually pretty excited because it lists some of the uh most uh, pretty much new most stuff but um again somehow that blast tech weapon mod missed my um understanding and it was just nice to kind of see it on that sheet as well and we will i'll probably throw that again in the resource channel that we create in the discord and um but one of the things that isn't on that sheet um is the mk5 fabritech data pad well it is on the sheet but it doesn't say where to get it mm -hmm. uh so my second double dip tip here is um, that gear piece, you can buy five of them in the guild event store. It's like towards the very bottom. It's there regularly. I never miss it. It's, you can use the five, like 50 of those form a ton of the chromium transistors. And then I think it's also a piece used to form another very basic piece for a different relic mat. Mm -hmm. So it can basically be used to form like two different relics. Mm -hmm. It builds up really fast. Quite frankly, you can also, you farm it with your farming, the shock prods, um, for uh the chirotech and so uh just those two pieces were are just really important one just make sure you're never missing the data pad from the guild event store and uh check out look take a look see if, if you're not using the mk7 blast tech weapon mod uh check it out um so i have a tip that i actually told sir george's about today when we recorded our our episode so last week's episode by the time this one airs um and the the best thing you can do in my opinion when you are 
going towards your galactic legend and you've now got all of your requirements and you're going to start farming your tickets. The first thing that I do is I go to swgoh.gg and I, I, I find a list of all of the gear that that care, that galactic legend needs to get to gear 13 right away. And I write all of it down in my phone, every single piece of gear and how much it needs. And then while I'm on .gg, I click on it and I see where where can I get this gear? Is it a fleet node? Is it hard hard node, dark side, light side, whatever? And I write that down in my in my notepad. Then I go into my game and I find all of that gear in the game. And I see how much of it I have already on hand. And I create kind of this working checklist of how much I have versus how much I need. And as I collect um, the gear and I get enough of it, I will start erasing it from my list. And I will not gear anybody while I am doing this. And what I do is in order to farm my tickets for my Galactic Legend, I will actually farm the gear that I need instead of just arbitrarily picking a node. Um, And I'll work on that. And then the rest of it, whether it's... um, only available in fleet or only available in store, I'll grab it as I can kind of thing. And that way, once you've unlocked him or her, and you've got this new tune, you have all of the gear to just slap on right away. You've hoarded it all without realizing you were hoarding it kind of thing. And you can gear 13, relic them, max them out, hoard your Zetas while you're doing this and just go ham in one fell swoop. One of the things that I really enjoyed that we just started using was we loaded up the C3PO bot on our Discord. And so you can just run a command for gear and mm-hmm. it'll just give you the full list that that character needs. I mean, often so often I use swgoh.gg, but I really enjoyed having, you know, just a screenshot that I saved to yeah. and then I just like save yeah. that picture to my phone. And so now anytime like I'm farming or I'm like questioning is that a piece I might need for someone? Mm-hmm. I can just like go and check that list really quick. And I found that to be um, just another handy resource yeah. for uh, compiling in a mm-hmm. very easily to digest uh, area, the amount of gear that a single tune needs. Yeah, I think, and, and like that kind of goes into how you you play it. Like for me, I don't know what the gear what the gear is called. I know what it looks like. And I know what I call it based off yeah. what it looks like. So my list doesn't actually have the proper gear name. <laughs> Sounds like we might have to do a segment on uh, <laughs> what is this gear and yeah. what, what you call it. And uh, <laughs> it's not named properly <laughs> in my list, yeah. Um, yeah. but but I know what it is that I need. So I think that that's the the key thing for me is I'm I'm able to decipher my own little greek if you will if you will of what i call the gear where it is um because i think like i end up putting on if it's a light side normal node i'll be like lsn nine three or whatever like or nine c whatever the letter is um and, and it's and if it's fleet i'll be like f whatever node it's just a whole bunch of just nonsense but it, it makes sense so to me <laughs> name that gear game coming to yeah. episodes <laughs> near you yeah uh, yeah yeah uh pico do you have a tip so so i i, I 
again, as we're working out the kinks of the show, I gave my tip ahead of this is talking about Elia, but I'll, I'll, I'll stick one more in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found this out uh, as I was taking a, a character, my first character to R8, uh, Relic 8. Um, so as we know, there, you need 200 salvage of that gear 12 stuff. It's, it's miserable. Yeah. You should be farming uh, light side 9F for the yellow knives. Because again, we don't know the names. I know it's the yellow knife that you want to farm because <laughs> the secondary benefit of that is you also get Mark III holo projectors and oh. that salvage is used for the heat sinks for Relic 5 and above. Mm-hmm. It, and the other note that I'll make on there just to make sure that some this is missed, if you try and use the Mark III salvage for uh, building those heat sinks, it takes 50. Mm-hmm. But if you convert them to the full heat sink, it only takes 20 and you get the same amount of credit from that side. So always try and build those, but 9F you'll actually farm both of those two parts together. And mm-hmm. over the process, I went from, I think zero of the Mark threes to, I think I now have like 300 of them, oh, um, wow. you know, sitting wow, in the bank cool. as I was, cause it's all I've done for the last couple of weeks is just kind of farm those, those, uh, those R8 pieces. So mm-hmm. that's that, my tip. That, yeah, that actually, that, those Mark three whatever it is the things that look like harps um yep. <laughs> uh th- th- he, that's the reason why my young han is never getting he's never yeah. getting geared because he's my yeah. crafter for them so oh yeah yeah it's interesting that we you know we do have to keep tunes locked at a certain level so we can craft things on them mm-hmm. uh, to a certain extent yeah um yeah, that's great. Yeah, I need so so many of those holos, low projectors. Um, but I haven't. I'm actually farming carbontes right now because uh, SLK needs 300 carbontes, <laughs> and I'm hoping yeah. to. Uh, it's like one thing. I have everything else. Everything else I pretty much have. I, I've paced everything, but I only have like 200 carbontes right now, and I'm basically I think four days away from unlocking him, and I really want to be able to boost him right up. Although um, I'm really not in no rush because of the Gideon farm. I haven't been able to devote enough uh, resources to put towards relics right now. So um, I won't be able to R7 him right away. I'll probably pay R3 or four. It's just like, what's the point? So (laughs) R4, yeah. Why even bother? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of trying to slow down. I really want to just be able to unlock him and take him right to R7. Uh, but uh, yeah, in the meantime, I've actually yeah got to get to, um, uh, the Carbontes, but also I need to, uh, I'm basically spending 10,000 crystals on the shock prods because yeah. having to farm something dark side, I can't farm anything. And he needs 400 of those. Yep. So yeah, it's going to kind of cost me. So I'm, I'm hoping those will boost up a little bit from, you know, the extra places you get them like Territory War and uh, the um, wherever else they, oh, the um, Grand Assault uh, Battles, which is always like a great resource for the um, character. Yeah. So um, did we want to chat a little bit about Conquest? Uh, this is just kind of, we're going to shoehorn in a little bit of uh, opinions and thoughts on um, the release of Conquest. I, I, I think, I, I guess, I don't have opinions right now. I, I, short mm-hmm. of, I think this is personal territory battle, um, but I think it's early enough in that, that I'm not sure I have anything that remotely resembles a good opinion. Mm. Uh, at, at this point uh i i'm excited I'll, I'll leave it at that i i think uh i, I guess the other piece i'll say 
CG, if you're you're listening to our initial podcast, one why uh, to, <laughs> to uh, I think we speak for the community. Uh, run it twice a month. Mm-hmm. Running it once a month with two weeks off is not going to work for anyone. Run it twice a month. We mm-hmm. it, it, it could be bad, and I'll still want to play it. But um, yeah, that that's kind of my thoughts. I'm mm-hmm. excited. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm thinking. Um, so I mean, obviously, we're recording this before it, it launches. Um, there are still a few things that I don't know about it, such as how the stamina fa- is going to factor in. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I also am very excited about it. I think it's going to be a great game mode. I've already, you know, kind of looked at what it's going to do to my gameplay and my desire to spend time in Star Wars which I mean, doesn't really ever go down. Um, but if it's going to ramp up, it's probably going to ruin my other gameplay and that's going to have to stop then. Um, but I am excited for it. I think it's, it, I think it's going to be really good. I think it's a solid mix of different game modes kind of coming together. So I, I agree though. I don't think having two weeks off in between is going to be good. Nope. You're going to forget, like, even, even yeah. for me, like having light side territory battle and dark side territory battle be a month apart. I'm like, what did I, what was my strat again for us? For what, where did I want to stop deployments? Yeah. Like you kind of have to make these detailed notes. And I feel like that'll be the same thing with this on a personal level. Uh, my takeaway was I, I will, like, again, to give CG some credit here, it does seem as though the Galactic Challenge has kind of been a playground for them to develop this mm-hmm. uh, content for Conquest, you know, just in terms of, I think, kind of the things that we'll see and things that they might want to implement or kind of maybe some problems for them to expect with this new game mode. And so I think it's actually just kind of cool that they kind of did this slow rollout of this other game mode, which I think will lend to them cultivating a really good product when it comes to conquest mm-hmm. uh, the other thing i just wanted to mention real quick was for me personally like when they release something like this that is there's just so much information to process and it looks like it's going to be complicated because there are new elements that we've never seen before or interacted with and for me it's just so intimidating because you know for the level that i do get into things into this game it's just I just see that hours, you know, in front of me of watching videos and studying and, you know, breaking down everything that I'm going to need to know to be successful in this new, new thing. Mm-hmm. If I can share one hot take on this. Um, so, you know, if we go back to the, the, when we had this drought of content as they were putting the new engine in place and we're, we're seeing the rewards of this, we saw with yeah. GC, we can argue whether CPIT was a new raid or not, but it gave us the opportunity to get some new raid pieces and we're seeing this new game mode. I am starting to become the opinion that the Galactic Legends weren't a new cadence they wanted to add to the game. The Galactic Legends were a bridge to get them to the content. It was something to keep everyone focused on because there was a significant amount of effort that went into time consumption of farming those characters. But we're not going to see Galactic Legends for a while, but that CG is getting to the point that they're getting us the game modes they want. And, and I also think 
this is probably the legitimate first step in getting away from the arena. Yeah. I, I, I think mm-hmm. that this is where they're going to finally get to that point where they wanted the arena to go away no, they won't. because they're, yeah, they're giving you meaningful solo content with a reward structure mm-hmm. that's worth it. Now, how they manage taking away 700 crystals away from people on a daily basis. I don't know, but I think this is kind of maybe the first step that they take, they take down that path. Mm-hmm. I but, think if you're, if you're getting, I mean, we haven't seen the rewards, so this is me speculating. Yeah. If you're getting solid rewards it kind of makes up for it because you don't necessarily need to buy that gear with your crystal income um and it also is going to be very rewarding for people who have built wide rosters you we see we see people all the time who come in and we we just got a, a new recruit in our guild he's been playing for a year and a half and his roster is so focused it's amazing but if I feel like in this game mode, if you have a focused roster, you're yeah. not going to do as well. Uh, while I put my pitchfork down regarding the best Garmando gate, I am not putting it away. So uh, <laughs> I, I will have it handy. Should I not approve of uh, anything uh, that comes out with Conquest going forward? No, I, yeah. I, I, will, I will take open mic to it. And uh, yeah, I know that they've talked about uh, dealing with those crystals and moving it off of the dependence. I mean, you know, that's just been a standard we've had with Arena. Yeah know for so long um things like that so yeah um, yeah really uh, interesting there um boy i think that's i think we did it that's uh, it i assume <laughs> you know i really thought boy you know new show we'll probably keep it nice and short keep it tight no, no, no. You know, I don't think I'm going to be able to promise that this won't be a three-hour podcast every other week. <laughs> so good. Just, who knows? We're who going to knows? need chess clocks. You, yeah. you start to give your answer. You got to tap. You got to tap the clock. I don't know how we're going to do it. How how are we going to possibly keep this short? It's like um, those um, uh, debate clubs that they would yeah. do, and then <laughs> yeah, you'd yeah, be the giving test. your argument like, "Nope, time is done." Yeah. <laughs> oh man but uh this has been a really great episode thank you so much for joining me you guys um and uh again with all episodes i end i do make a pitch to join the discord um come and join our conversations all of our um you know the people that we uh, spend time with uh check out the resources you know uh let us know topics you want us to cover you know get in there uh interact with us and uh let us know uh what you think Mm -hmm. and with that go switch off